Hello, and welcome to Franchise Me. I'm Andrew. And I'm Ryan. <laughs> okay, and this is the show where two friends go on a journey to find the ultimate movie franchise. Each week we will talk about a film or films in a series, breaking them down to see if they're truly worthy of being in a franchise. As we finish different series, we will compare and rank them among each other in order to find out which one is truly the best. This week, Ryan and I play with a Swedish penis pump as we discuss... Austin Powers, international man of mystery. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah. You okay, Ryan? <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna do Good like a, I was gonna do like a Bond, James Bond thing, and I was like, we don't use the last name. So then I just was, it came up like <laughs> so it just failed miserably. I was wondering what that was. I was like, I, I was. What? I meant to do Danger, Ryan Danger. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Of, but okay. then I was like, I can't do last names. I was very confused. Uh, Ryan, how are you? I'm good, my friend. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, we're here for a brand new franchise. Oh my gosh! We're, it's back to you and I. Yes, it's just it you and I in the room. Tony has left us. Look, we we uh, he's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we uh, <laughs> we've had guests since yeah. uh, since February, right? John did a great job. Came on for Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, happy we was here. Until Tony... retrospective, and he freaked out about the Matrix thing. <laughs> <laughs> Tony came on, did an excellent job with all that research. God, yeah, you know, really, really just nice dedication. Job, Tony. We still love um, you, buddy. I'm so happy that he was here. Mm -hmm. But you know, some, there's something magical about me and you being back in this room <laughs> together, uh, together, yes. and just and just having a conversation. Yeah, you know? and we're going back to kind of a nice, easier franchise. I yeah. think. I think these movies. Are gonna feel a lot like Bill and Ted, very laid yeah. back and yeah. easy. Um, maybe not on the level of how much we enjoyed yeah. Bill and Ted fully, but uh, I, I think these, this is gonna be easy. We're kind of going back to like a, a comedy trilogy. Yep. And these are fun movies. At the end of the day, they're all fun. Yeah. They're all very fun movies, and I, I'm I'm excited to talk about these ones uh, for many reasons because we we're gonna be inducting a couple, well, a couple, couple yeah. people, a couple into people that yeah. old uh, franchise Hall of Fame. One of them goes into the main hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple cameo Hall of Famers. Yeah, cameo, and then, like, I guess, like, character actor. Character you could actors, say, You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, the people that pop actor. up in, like, character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have a few of those, so this is going to be exciting for that reason. But um, I haven't watched these movies in a really, really long mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And I have seen all three previous to this. Yeah. But it has been a really long time since I watched them. And, you know, this week, obviously, we're doing International Man of Mystery. Yeah. Austin Powers, International Austin, pa yeah. Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. And... I'm really excited to talk about this one. Yeah, I, I know too. we were texting about this one a little bit. Yeah, I, it's interesting because these came out. So this first one was 1997. Yes. I know we're not doing the date and stuff like that. We'll get there. I'm yeah. giving away your information again. We'll do all my um, fun facts. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, you did all the research. Oh yeah, yeah, I did the research this time. That's why you're hearing my voice. Um, uh, but you know, sorry, masses. <laughs> um, you know, I know it's 97, so we were only you know five at the, yeah. at the time of this movie. Sure. Were. So obviously, I didn't watch this movie. Oh, you didn't get you didn't go to theaters? <laughs> no, I didn't go to theaters. Oh. Yeah, this. no, my dad took me. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> This isn't a Tony situation where I watched Leprechaun 2 at four years old. <laughs> um, That's still insane, Tony. Hey. <laughs> but I... Uh, seeing, to each seeing, seeing boobs that young. Come on. <laughs> Those boobs mean a lot to him. Those mean, this mean a lot to him. Okay, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, he probably hated that. Yeah, I know he did. <laughs> uh, but no. Uh, He's not here. I'm done now. <laughs> you know, we, I, we, I wasn't watching this at five, uh -huh. right? And and even when the second one came out, it was only 99. So yes. like even by, seriously, by the time the franchise ended, mm -hmm. 2002, that were 10. I mean, so I'm not watching these movies. Like, I, I was became aware of them probably by the time the third one came out. Yeah. More aware of what they were. Mm -hmm. 
but I don't think I really watched them. I kind of I knew who Doctor Evil was and who mm-hmm. Austin Powers was. I I knew um, like Scott things like that, but I yeah. didn't know I wasn't watching these. My parents were pretty. I mentioned this before. They were pretty good at like keeping me to pretty. Like I remember like when the a little tangent, but I remember when the first Spider-Man movie came out, also in 2002, right? Um, and that was PG-13. That like my parents, like I remember being able to watch it on VHS and that being a big deal because it was right. a PG-13 movie, and mm-hmm. I was 10 years old, right? So I remember that being kind of a big deal. And like my parents, you know, they they watched, well, not watched it, but like they did research on it. I was like, oh, it's appropriate. It's just like an action movie, or whatever. Right. It's fine. And I remember that being like a big thing. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I didn't watch these growing up, but I have caught up on them. In recent years, and I, you know, I, I, I guess I feel like it was kind of a moment. Like Austin Powers really had a moment. We're going to talk about that as we go through these episodes. Yeah. There, there was Austin Powers fever. I would yeah. argue, and um, I think watching these movies out. So my whole point is watching the movies outside of that moment. Yeah, even as it's a little strange, even even when we were still younger, like fifteen, sixteen, whatever. Yeah. Going back to revisit them, it's like. Oh, okay. Like, you know, it, it, you kind of look back and it's kind of just an, oh, okay. I get, I suppose, why this was a big deal. Yeah. But, I, you know, I remember I it's was watching, I caught all of these movies. Um, this was, these were movies that were played on Comedy Central. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. the time. Yeah. I mean, these were like, these three, all three of them at one point were just like in rotation. That's probably where I became familiar yes. with like the basics. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching them so much on there and. You know, it, it's it's funny because it feels like these movies are a very specific type of comedy movie that we don't see anymore. Yeah. It's got a lot it's of... It's one big giant joke on the James Bond franchise. It's one big giant joke on the James Bond franchise. And everything kind of feels like uh, sketches in a way. Yeah. Like it feels like just a lot of interconnected sketches yep. throughout the film. And I feel like we don't see that anymore with comedy movies. Now it's kind of like... You have to have a story front to back, connected all the way through. There's a plot, there's a story, and the comedy is kind of just injected more, in more there. More emotion, yeah. These movies, to me, I watch these and I'm like, these are just sketches just woven together yeah. over the course of an hour and a half, and that's what you get. And there's a story in there somewhere, and we get to it, but it's not the forefront of but, the movie. And I don't, look, I, I am by, you know... By far, in a way, not an expert on James Bond by any means. No. I, am, I am an exact opposite. Mm-hmm. I've seen three James Bond movies, and they're all Craig movies. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think I've only seen the... Well, I've seen all the Craig movies, and I've seen a couple of the Brosnan ones. Yeah. yeah. So, And then these are obviously spoofing on like the very early days. The Connery stuff. Yeah, the yeah. Connery, the 60s, 70s... Mm-hmm. You know, Bond was in it's, the 60s, I think, yeah, right? 60s, yeah, yeah. It 60s, started in the 70s, 70s yeah. you know, Bond movies, mm-hmm. right? And, and that culture. And that culture. Yeah. And it is such a love letter to that that um, I wonder if though I feel like those Bond movies are almost, not comedy sketches, but almost like stitched together scene by scene as well. Like it's just yeah. like, here's a random mission. Here's a random whatever. And then right. there's an overarching plot. So I wonder if that's kind of how they are. Because from what I what I understand of it, it, I could see that being a thing. James mm. Bond has to go over here and do this sub. You know, here's the overarching here's plot. Here's a sub-story. This, sub this guy yeah. is trying to take over the world. He mm-hmm. wants a million dollars. He wants whatever. He right. wants a bomb. Right. You know, things like that. And it's, okay, I have to stop this guy, but first I have to go over here and go to this poker game, and I have to go over here and do this, and I have to go over here and do right. this to solve, to save the day, to right. stop the guy. And that's kind of what this is. And I, I, I don't know, 
Because I, whenever you know, we get to it one yeah. day and we start working through those bomb moves, we'll find out. If but we I, were smarter men, we would have paired this off with we the James Bond. We would have paired bomb. it off, but it, you know we're not going to do that. I, that also feels like a lot to really yeah. do all that because there, oh, there's so many Connery movies, and it's just not even. I don't even think it's worth it to be fully honest with you to work through those. But no, you're right. This is kind of a love letter to the James Bond films, and it is a spoof of those films. But it's also like for Mike Myers, it's just. He's a really big fan of things from the 60s and yeah. 70s and that culture. That culture, yeah. Um, like, you and know, I, I know I have it in here that, like, his father had a lot to do with that. Like, it's 60s films and 70s films. And it's a lot of, like, British culture, isn't it? It's too? a lot yeah. of British culture. And he, he was very into that as a kid. And this is kind of a love letter to all of that. While it is mainly a spoof of James Bond, it's also just a spoof of it the is. 60s I mean, the, the, in general. You know, as we go into the, the second and third movie, you know, in the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to, you know, I don't really want to touch on the um but like i will say i feel like one of the things i noticed is like how in you know in 1999 and 2002 mm-hmm. in this in these movies that culture is such a like he he is having these big 60s and 70s mm-hmm. parties yeah in 2002 like i know there's time travel and stuff right obviously when they go back it's that but like he his house in 2000 or his apartment in 2002 they're just having a 70s Party, party. Like, it's like nobody's doing that. Nobody's yeah, doing I mean, that. Like, nobody is doing that, and it, it's 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 a little silly when you look back on it. It's just very like, I don't know. These are these movies are just. I I I have such odd memories of these movies, and I when I watched it, it just felt like a time capsule in a way. It is. It is very much a time capsule. Yeah. And, and and I you used the word earlier. I'm going to go back to it. Specific. This yes. th- this movie is so hyper specific, and th- this one specifically is so specific. Mm-hmm. Like it is such like. And and that's kind of one of my things, and I don't. You know, we can touch. I want to introduce it here, and we can touch on it later because mm-hmm. I don't want to forget it. Right. But like this movie, in a way, to me, like you, the joke is it's you know it's a parody of 60s, 70s culture, specifically yeah. like British culture. But you know the James Bond movies, like you mentioned, it's a it's a parody of yeah. James Bond. But it became so much more than that. Like yeah. it it. it Oh, it's somehow time. usually comedy movies are just stuck being what they are. It somehow overcame that and yep. superseded what it was mm-hmm. and became its own thing. Like Austin, pa- people love Austin Powers. People loved Austin Powers. Or keep people our age loved Austin Powers at the time. Yeah. The people who were at five years old going to see the movie, yeah, you know, loved Austin Powers. And they're not going. Well, that's that's a spoof of you know uh, uh, a lot of vagina is a spoof, a spoof of pussy galore. Nobody, yeah. you're not. They don't know that. They, they don't, just nobody knows that. They right. just think that it's funny. Like they yeah. just think the movie's funny. So like it it overcame this whole parody thing, right? Yeah. Like it overcame the specificity of it. Yeah, and, and became this whole other thing entirely. It was just an Austin Powers movie. It yeah. wasn't a James Bond parody. It wasn't a spy movie parody. It wasn't a spoof on 60s, 70s culture. It was an Austin Powers movie. And I think, again... Austin Powers became his own culture. It was. And as we go into the second and third movie, mm-hmm. I think that you can kind of see that. That it, yes. it becomes... And it I, becomes but I think its own thing. What works here is the dedication to that joke. Oh, big it, time. It's, yeah. I like it. Even if a joke is not specifically funny, if you're just dedicated to the bit, like you just never give up... Yeah. It just eventually just becomes funny, and this movie is that. That's what it is. That's what this movie is. Yeah. It's so dedicated, and I just, I, I, I really, really dug it for that. And it, it's going to be interesting talking about this one because, you know, I, <laughs> I, I'm not going to spoil anything. But there's, there, to me, throughout this franchise, there are, there, there is a standout, and there is uh, a middle one, and there is one that is just very okay. Yeah. 
And, you know, I, I'm excited to talk about this one because, I, you know, I, I do think this is the standout. Yeah. And I'm excited to talk about that. But, like, you know, it's it's funny watching this one because this one doesn't have all the characters that people remember. You When this you hear Austin this, Powers, you think Fat Bastard, you think Minnie, especially Minnie. Minnie me. You think of all yeah. these other characters and you're like, I this has none of it. Rob Lowe with the character of number, number two. two more than I associate Robert Wagner. Robert Wagner. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's incredible when you watch this movie and you go, all the stuff that people remember about Austin Powers isn't in this movie. Yeah. It's a very hyper-specific movie, this one. And in a way, I kind of liked it more because I was like, it doesn't have all the other bells and whistles that the other movies have. And while I, I appreciate some of those things and we'll talk about that as we go down the road in the coming weeks... I I just I really dug this one for how I, I guess, and I don't mean this like uh, negatively, but how uh, simplistic it is. It is, you know, it is. If yeah. that makes sense. No, so, you don't. You don't need that again. That is, you remember those because those are the gimmicks, yes. right? And I'm not trying to be like offensive, but those are the gimmicks of those movies, right? Like we have a mini, we have Mini Me, we have Fat Bastard, like it's Mike Myers. Yep. We have Goldmember. It's Mike Myers doing more, doing the Eddie Murphy stuff, doing more characters. He keeps. More characters. He literally adds a character each movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's you know and it, and it becomes such a such a thing and then it's more self referential you know the third movie again I mean oh my cameo God. central and stuff right it's like, cameo central it's like a movie within a movie yeah and and I think this is just just very simple it's just easy go you know it's just yep. it's just they're dedicated to the bit and it doesn't feel like it's trying to no hard. and 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 it's it is funny be, again you know it goes back to what I said about like it be kind of superseding uh, everything. Um, you know, you go. Oh, do, you know, we did. We did March Madness. We did. It was on our bonus episode. <laughs> yeah. And one of the your argument for Ghostbusters that you kept going back to <laughs> was that every Halloween you still see kids. Yeah. With the pack on, and I think that is because there are still uh, Ghostbusters fans that are always blooming, always coming because they're yeah. discovering those movies and they fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. And I think you know you still see people to this day dressed up as Austin Powers, but I don't think it's for the same reason. I think it's because it's simply a like it's, it's an it's what's well, an iconic look. It's an iconic. Right? look. It's funny. Yeah. Like, the costume itself is funny, but it's not like the people that are dressing up as Austin Powers are like the diehard Austin Powers right. fans. Right? Do you think it's, there's more kids dressing up as Austin Powers or Doctor Evil? Because I think you could go either and way. And I, I don't even mean kids. I mean I see it more like people again, like people are. Oh, our age doing yeah. it. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you're right. I don't think those people are Austin Powers fans necessarily. Yeah, I just they like the movie. But when was the last time they watched the movie? When was the last time they watched the movie? I think it's literally just you're right. That iconic look of you know whatever crazy suit he's wearing yeah. and the hair and the the teeth, the glasses. Because it's all I, very iconic. I do think, and you know, we can touch on this more in the in the retrospective. But I do think like time has moved away from this pretty big time harshly like big time like this this was such a moment in time yeah and then it's do people remember the austin powers movies like it 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 was a phenomenon and it was a very specific time where these really were hitting i mean i and then i told you off mic you know somebody was asking me what we were talking about on the the podcast and i mentioned austin powers and and they said oh gold member was the only one that they knew right because that's which because is it's, which is the newest one. Well, they knew that they knew that there was three. Yes, but they were like, "Oh, Goldmember," and they were like, "What's the what are the other two called?" Like they don't. It's just time has moved by. But, but the wild thing is, you'll find that for whatever reason, P 
people remember Goldmember the it's, most. Well, it's because it's the most. I think it's because it's the most simplistic title. Instead of International exactly, Man of Mystery or exactly. The Spy Who it's, Shagged it's Me, it's because yeah. it's the most simplistic. title. It's one word. It's Goldmember. Goldmember. Yeah. But uh, people remember things about that movie more than you think. I, I I would imagine. But like, but again, though, like you said, that's because those iconic characters, characters it's they're are the, in are in the movie. blown up the most in that movie i yeah. would say but yeah but this week look we got a simple easy one yeah um i'm ready to dive in if you will. yeah i'm absolutely i i, yeah. I really but i wanted to just kind of and again that's all stuff we're gonna this week next week the week after in the retrospective oh, big time we're gonna touch on that but i wanted to just it's it is such a fascinating thing to me because it mm-hmm. was such a it, like it i was, just remember this and again we were kids but i just remember this being such a huge Deal. Yeah, you're gonna you're when, as we talk about these films, you're gonna find that that was the case. That's what I'll say. You'll find that this was a huge deal, and I'm yeah. excited to do the retrospective because whenever we get there, because th- there is um, in a few weeks when we get there, whenever we get there, once we stop and then we get back to it. <laughs> but um, the retrospective is it, it's gonna be interesting because the other thing with Austin Powers is, and I think we're gonna find this as we keep going, is how protective Mike Myers is. Of these characters yeah. and of this world he's created, and I think you're going to see a lot of that reflected in the extended franchise when we mm-hmm. get to it. I think you're going to just kind of, as we're talking about these movies, we're going to find that as well. Do you, he seems very, very protective of all. But of this. do you think he's that way with a lot of his characters? Because I, I would think s- he's that way specifically with this because he created. He it. created it. I mean, but, he wrote this movie, so yeah. it's like I think he literally. Sees this as his creation, but I would wouldn't you say that? And again, I'm sure this is the most protective. But would wouldn't you say also though that he is protective over Shrek, over over oh. Wayne's world? Like so, I think that you know, I do think that he. How protective is he over Wayne's world? Because I, I mean, we still haven't gotten that third movie. Yeah, but that is there. He's, he's, he's is not. There a it's not what. He, but it's not. Well, first off, there was. Obviously I know. They, they I know. Weren't friends like, or yeah, yeah, fell and, off. But is it because he wants if he's going to do a third movie, it has he to wants be, it to be right, right? You know what I mean. Exactly. So that it's so almost is it more protective of that same thing? And I know again, Shrek is DreamWorks. They're coming to him yeah. and saying, Let's "I mean, I'm do sure. This. I'm, look, I'm sure but, he's protective of the Shrek character, but I don't think." And he we gets, did talk about that with Shrek. That he. But the other thing is, I will say, I don't think he gets as much of a say. No, no, no. That's no. what I mean by protective. He gets a say in Austin Powers. He wants to. He gets a say in Wayne's World yeah. in Shrek. He doesn't get that because yeah. it's it's DreamWorks. But but that's also almost more dangerous because he has to put his faith in the hands of somebody else. Exactly. But I think I think he is somebody. I know we're talking about Mike Myers. We're just going to talk about talk about him for a second. Yeah. Not not his acting or anything. But I I think he's just a protective person, and I'm I'm oh, not surprised sure. that he is very protective of these characters because yeah. I think he he's very interesting. Well, well, I'll say this, and we will talk about it later. It's very interesting Hollywood persona. Very, yes. He's a very interesting guy. Yeah, and there's things we're going to talk about as we get into this. I have some stuff on my phone facts that will maybe cover some of that. Um, But he is a very interesting Hollywood persona, and he's a very interesting guy. And he has very – there's very – I think there's things that he really likes that not – that the masses don't really love. Oh, yeah. And again, I think you're going to see that in the extended franchise when we talk about it. Um, Like some of the stuff that he let Austin Powers – that they did, I think you'll see that reflected in uh, in that. But like, he's a very unique guy. That's he, what I'll say. He likes what he likes. He likes and his what he comedy likes. is based off of the things that he likes. Yes. And when it crosses over 
to the general public, it's a big hit. But sometimes it's, you know, he... Sometimes he, it bombs. Sometimes it bombs. The Love Guru, <laughs> things like that. And he was yeah. that show he just had on Netflix. I didn't do that well. Oh, uh, The Pentaveret. Yeah. Yeah, The Pentaveret. And so, The Love Guru was based off a character from one of these movies. Was it? It was. Um, I believe the character appears in uh, next week's movie, uh, The Spy Who Shagged Me. I believe. If I'm correct about that. The I'm Mike Myers sure. character? The Mike, My- Mike Myers has a character, had a character called The Love Guru, and he brought it to film and i'm pretty sure he got it from the austin power stuff i, so I didn't know i think it's in my phone pack somewhere right, but i'm pretty be, i'm pretty be. sure that he did that or maybe he created it when he was on set it's possible i don't so, remember there's a tie between the ah, two. we'll talk about it we'll yeah, talk about it. if right. i'm wrong i'm wrong it's fine it's all good <laughs> all right well let's let's actually dive into this let's though. dive in okay so ryan this week we will be talking austin powers international man of mystery mm-hmm. uh, release date may 2nd 1997 it's good. I think it's a good time for this movie. But it's fascinating that it even got that date. But because I guess are they going off the goodwill of Mike Wayne's Myers. World? Yeah, and I, Mike's my I, like because I mean this movie. This is his fourth movie yeah. that he do, ever does. When did he end his Saturday Night Live run? He stopped in ninety five. Ninety five. Okay. He he was on from eighty nine to ninety five, and. When he was on SNL, he did both Wayne's World movies, mm-hmm. and he did. Um, uh, if you murdered, mar- I married. I married an, an axe, axe murderer. murderer. He did those three movies. Which wasn't all successful. It wasn't think? successful. Yeah. I believe he wrote it though. Um, yeah, and that that again, he plays a whole bunch of yes. parts in it. And he did those three movies all on SNL. So this is his first movie post SNL. But it's crazy to me still. But I, I but it kind of speaks to um, how much of a comedy. Like how much juice he had also, at that though, time. That I don't people think, like put their faith in him. But I don't think that, that date, I wonder if it doesn't mean as much then as it does now. Because I feel like true. the big summer movies at the time, you would never see them before Memorial Day. Right. Which is the end which of the month. Usually Memorial Day was yeah. the time to kick it off. Yeah, and it's if right. they really had faith in it, and, I'm, and I would be interested to see where some of those other movies and like mm-hmm. were released if they do get the memorial day june i don't, I don't know i don't find out in the next couple of weeks but i think it is kind of like hey we'll put it in in, in early spring we'll put it in sure. may yeah you yeah, know, yeah you know not early yeah. spring. we'll put it in like late spring the release dates um, do shift yeah yeah it's this is i i think this is the earliest one that we get i think it's like we'll put it in in late may mm-hmm. or, or sorry early may late spring yep uh but you know but before the big summer thing right so it's right, like right. Probably not too, too much going out. Yeah. The big blockbusters, the Will Smith movies, things like right. that, they're not out. I always, I always equate May 2nd, though, cause, because we've grown up in this time, especially with Marvel. Now that's a huge date, yes. May, the beginning of May is the kickoff of summer movie season now. Yeah. That I And you're right, that didn't used to be the case. It always used to be Memorial yeah, Day weekend was the Iron kickoff. Man was, what, May 8th or something? May 8th or something like that, and it was a huge hit. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of when it started. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. So, May 2nd, 97... Uh, this is directed by Jay Roach. Um, look, this is a name that is going to pop up every week. He does all three, yeah. He does all three Austin Powers movies. Um, and I wrote down some other things that he's done. Uh, this won't be the last time we're talking about him because he also directed the first two movies and I guess we'll call it the Fockers trilogy. He did uh, Meet the Parents and Meet the Fockers. Uh, the first I would say two. the Meet the Parents trilogy, I love Meet the Parents. Yeah. I think that's a fun one. Meet the Fockers and Little Fockers I don't care for. Um, but they Did had a different you director. Have seen for Little, Little Fockers? Fockers? No, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. But I know I don't care for it. Um, he also did... Uh, I just wrote this down because I thought this was fascinating. Because I I think... Do you remember Dinner for Schmucks? I saw it. It was bad, right? Have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but I've I, heard really bad things about it. I will not walk out of a movie. 
Every, you walked out of that. I know. I will. Not, I did oh, not walk. Oh, out. okay. Everybody else I went to walked out of it, except for I think John. John stayed because uh-huh. he didn't want me to be by myself. Right. But everybody, I saw like five it, people. Everybody walked out of it, it and was I was that. like, I paid for my god movie. I'm watching my god movie. I will not walk. But out did of you? This. But was it bad? It was bad. Yeah. It was bad. Okay. It was bad. Yeah, I've heard although, a lot of bad things. Although about I wonder it. if, like, maybe if I went back to it, I might enjoy it a little bit more. But I, I, I hate don't know. it. I, I don't know. It. I feel like if at the time you hate it, com- it's probably not going to age well now. But I, I don't, don't know. know maybe I was younger, and like uh, when you're younger, you're looking for broader comedies. Right. And right. when you're older, you can kind of understand sophisticated. Not that I don't even know that was sophisticated. It's called you dinner can, for schmucks. Yeah, it's probably not sophisticated. <laughs> but maybe you understand like sophisticated. Comedy. Right. Right. That makes sense. And then I just wrote down two other uh, dramas. He did uh, also Trumbo and Bombshell. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so he like, transitioned kind of into Oscar, pretty successful uh, Yeah, successful he, movies. I don't know if they were financially dramas. successful, but they were but they were critically you know, relatively critically successful. I think both of those movies received Oscar nominations for, for mostly for the performances, performances yes. but still pretty cool. Yeah. Um so yeah, Jay Roach. Um yeah, he does all these films, and you know he has a very good working relationship with Mike Myers. Too. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, so yeah, there's a reason he does all three. So, but I think he does a good job here. Uh, as a director, I mean, it's very yeah. like, it's a very big movie. It, it um, is, especially well, the that, opening. Yeah, like, it's it's pretty wild. I think you know he does nail the the take on you know mm-hmm. like, on the James Bond parody, right? Yes, and then obviously the. The big thing, this movie doesn't have like a lot of action sequences and stuff. No, but the big thing it does have is the dance sequences, and yeah. I, and I think each week those are pretty very not they pretty. They're up. really they're very impressive each yeah. week how they, they how they, they, they just, do it. They go bigger and bigger and bigger with each movie. Yeah, uh, and it kind of pays off in a yeah. way. It really kind of pays. So off. So I will say, I mean, I think you're right. I think he handles the scope of it. You know what I yeah. mean? I think he does. And this is also the movie that has a lot of those uh, those interludes throughout. Yeah, or like the musical interludes. I like those a lot. Yeah, I like those a lot. They feel um, fun. I think I'll say I think it's it's whether this is him or whether this is, is the editing. I think it's mm. well paced. It's well paced. That's a good way to say. It. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's very well paced. Uh, this is written by Mike Myers. Just him. Solely him. Next week we will talk about the other guy who joins him for the uh, the other two movies. This week it is just Mike Myers. And this is why I think he's protective of it. Yeah. Because it's his baby. He wrote all of this. He wrote this. I mean, that this is his thing. And this is part of the reason why I look at it and I go, he's very protective because yeah. he wrote this. This yeah. is his world. This is everything he loves, he put into this movie. Yeah. And you can feel that. And I think um, he really nails it. I really do. I think I think Mike Myers just nails the writing of this one. Yeah. Like I said, it is a little simplistic, and it is kind of just a bunch of sketches thrown together with some interludes. But they're but, funny. But they're funny. This movie is this of you know. Look, the, I I like have Mike seen, Myers is on. In this I have movie. seen all. I've rewatched all three of these for this, right? Because yes. I have a kid. I got a time. I had time to watch. I watched all three. This one is the only one that consistently made me laugh out loud. Like I laughed out loud right. multiple times yep. while watching this movie. It's excellent. Um, and and it's still like and I and even then like my wife doesn't find a lot of stuff I find funny funny. And <laughs> I've told her some of the jokes from this movie, and she's laughed. Like yeah. you know, she didn't watch it with me, but I like reiterated some of the jokes, like the uh, the who's number two work for joke. She thought that was funny. Like you know what I mean? So <laughs> who's number I, two work for? I think that there's. Uh, I think it, I think it's really funny. Yeah. I think it, it again. It, it's it's cleverly it cleverly parodies the James Bond stuff, right? Yeah. Like the, very the, well. The tropes, the names, mm-hmm. the ridiculous nature of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But it's also like it's like we said, it's also its own thing. Like it manages to be its own thing, and you don't. It, it, it's a very fine line when you're writing this. To am are you only am I only going to enjoy this because oh this is a spoof on this scene from this very specific James Bond movie, right? And this character is you know, based off of this very specific James Bond movie, and I have to watch this and know this to understand that. Right. Or it's just funny. It's extra funny if I know that. It's just funny as is. And I think that that's what he does. And I think what he, the smart thing that he does is he puts the comedy first. Before the, how specific yeah, it is. And does the, the joke spoof, work on its own? It has to be a joke that works first before it's a spoof. And I think that's what he does really well, well with the script. It, it goes back. It's not as much as Bill and Ted, but it goes back to what we said with Bill and Ted. You have to be smart to be stupid. Yeah. Or to write, to, you to write, to write stupid. To write stupid. Yeah. And I think that... Mike Myers overall is a pretty smart man. Like yeah. I think, I think Big he's time. very clever. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's a very clever, and you can feel that. It, but it's funny that his that all a lot of his comedy is just very like <laughs> kind of lowbrow, like lowbrow, dumb yeah, yeah. for as smart as he is. You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes yeah. it works, and sometimes it doesn't. We'll, we'll talk about the dozens one day. <laughs> Love Guru bonus episode. <laughs> Love Guru bonus episode. Can't wait to get to that. That'll be fun. Uh, this had a budget. Of sixteen point five million dollars. Okay, pretty decent. Yeah, I think pretty for decent ni- for a studio comedy for ninety seven for a comedy. Uh, would you even say Mike Myers is a trusted name? Like he's not like a he's not like a name. He's not. A- Both Wayne's World movies were very successful. Yeah, but he's, it's not like they were doing Jim Carrey. Like Jim Carrey movies are probably yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, but you also have to think about it. Jim Carrey was. I mean, 1994 was a Jim Carrey year, yeah, so I yeah. can't even say because I was going to say, "Oh, he's not really a name," but he was because 94 he blew up and went. Yeah. I mean, the three performances other, in 94, otherworldly, like yeah. you know, superstardom. So I, I guess for Mike Myers, I, I honestly think it is this like goodwill mm. of his run on SNL <laughs> and the two Wayne's World movies. Well, and I think maybe even I mean. <laughs> Maybe he turned in the script and they were just like, this is really good. Well, like, also, again, and I don't want to get bogged down in all this, but like, you two compare. Yeah. Mike Myers was on Saturday Night Live at the same time or around the same time as Sandler, right? They were on together. Together, yeah, right? Yeah. So, which, it's mind-blowing that they were. Yeah, because um, in 95, Myers left, Sandler was fired, Farley was fired. Yeah. They were all on that show on together that t- in the early yeah. 90s. So, yeah. where is and Sandler... by the way. Yes, that's where, mind-blowing. Where is Sandler at the time, in 97? Oh, man. Um, is that the Happy Gilmore year? It might be. Happy Gilmore might be 97. Um, I, I think he's he's doing that at that time. I feel like Happy Gilmore is coming out in 97. Billy Madison's 95, Gilmore's 96... Bulletproof's 96, Wedding Singer's 98, so nothing in 97. Nothing in 97. So he's off of Gilmore and Madison and before Wedding Singer. And those and so, both of those movies did well. Yeah. Like those and two the, and Waterboy in 98. So like yeah, he's... No, yeah, yeah, I, I love Waterboy. People, people like Waterboy. People like Waterboy. But he's, he's building up to, to you know, he's he's got a couple hits, you know what I mean? He's so got a it's couple not, comedy hits, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not you know... I, I think that's fair. I think it's a, it's a fair budget. It's for, a very fair budget. Not yeah. a not a huge name, but going to be like they had faith in them. Oh but, yeah, you know they gave them the money they needed, but they didn't need anything. But I would say it pays off in the long run. I do where these movies go. Let's hear that box and, office. Well, here's the box office. It is sixty seven point seven million. It See, makes its money back again. Yeah, again, not 
we don't need a multi hundreds of millions of dollars like that yeah. was a hit in, it, in that's a big hit because again when you when you add in the marketing 34 million altogether i guess yeah. with the 16.5 67 it makes its money back and more do you I have mean, anything i'm not going to if in case you have anything in the sure. fact, but do you have anything about the home release of this and the success that was found there? Oh no 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 no! So <laughs> I don't think I have anything on the home release. This was but a, it, it blew up. This on home was release. a huge, yeah, huge video. I was doing. I I didn't do research, but I like mm-hmm. I on Reddit I, on the movie subreddit. I looked up Austin Powers, yeah, just to see what people were saying to this day mm-hmm. about it, and people were mentioning and naming that like Austin Powers at one point. I think it was like some of the best-selling DVDs of all time at one point or whatever. Yeah. Um, Maybe and, I don't know my phone facts. I don't know. I haven't uh, looked. It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't, no. But it, it, but in the, the joke was that like everybody had, like every you go to everybody's house and they had a copy of Austin Powers on yep. their shelf. And it just was. like It was, it it was, was almost good. like it came with the DVD player. Yes. Like it's like that's what you, you bought a DVD player and you bought Austin Powers. Powers. That's <laughs> what it was. Yeah. You it know. Was, it was a big deal. I mean, and maybe that was part of it. Maybe it was part of, because DVDs were just. Well, well, I, VHS at the time in '97, I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. So DVDs kind of, might might have. Yeah, I think that it's, be I like it's 99, yeah, 2000. that was like or 99, 2000. But like VHS is blow is a huge thing at this point. So yeah, I guess you're right. I guess like Austin Powers comes out and people are like, yeah, we got to get it, and everybody had a copy and DVD this, 1996 technically. Wow, but I don't think it blew up. Until later in the yeah. 90s, early 2000s. But, um, it was released in Japan in November of 96. So, yeah, that's sure. not that's not coming to America for okay, a Okay, cool. Bit. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no. I mean, this, this movie does benefit from just that giant uh, push from uh, VHS sales. Yeah, and, I, and, and not even, like, the movie benefits, but, like, it I think pays this, off in the long run. The second one benefits because yes. I'm sure that I don't. Again, I don't know that about. I know it was much bigger than this. Yeah, and I know that uh, like the, the second and third one became a phenomenon to hit because people loved it so much mm-hmm. and revisited it so much at home. Yep. That even though it's not a outrageous box office, it's successful in a good box office. It did well enough in theaters. Yes. Yeah. But it's the sales of it. It's like, Oh, there is a fever brewing here. Yep. Like there, there is something coming it, here. It really, that's what set it on another pace yeah. was that those sales, was those VHS sales. And I think maybe even just probably played on cable quite a bit. Yeah. And I think people were catching it there and going, oh, Austin Powers, I like this. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was just a mixture. It was just the right timing. Sometimes that's it all it is. It it's was. It's the right timing. Yeah. Um, let's do Rotten Tomato score. Uh, out of 71 critic reviews, this is fresh at seventy three percent. Yeah, yeah. So people I people like yeah, it. People like it. Yeah. Well, critics like it. Yeah. Critics, critics like, like it. it. Audience score out of two hundred fifty thousand plus ratings, fresh at seventy seven percent. People like it. People like it. I honestly thought it was going to be higher. I'll be real with you. I kind yeah. of thought it was going to be in the eighties. I was like, I know how much people love Austin I Powers. Think, I do think that there are the movies haven't necessarily aged the super best. well. Well, I think this one aged the best out I, of all of them. I actually. Revisiting these movies, I thought that two, the first two at least, actually aged surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I'm gonna, that's part of my opinions. We'll get into that. Yeah. But I think the comedy doesn't necessarily age as well. I right. think elements of it 
aged really well. It's not like it's not a cringe watch to go back right. and revisit it. I didn't cringe as much as I thought I was going to. No. Yeah. With a lot of those comedy movies, you go back and watch like a lot of those eighties movies. They're Ugh, they're full God. of date rape and yep, like really inappropriate stuff. And I thought that the, I was Raced, like wildly racial racist, humor. Yeah, and I was like, this is what's going to be. Fletch lives. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Ugh. But uh, don't. I was like, oh, okay, uh, that's going to be full of this. And mm-hmm. it really wasn't. I was actually yeah. really surprised. It so. wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. All right, you ready to jump into that cast? I'm ready to jump into that cast. All right, we got, I, I got quite a bit here. So, because I also put the cameos. So yes, we're going to yes. have some fun. We're going to yes. have some fun. All right, uh, starring Mike Myers as Austin Powers and Dr. Evil, Elizabeth Hurley as Vanessa Kensington, Robert Wagner as number two, Seth Green as Scott Evil, Mindy Sterling as Frau Farbizna. Michael York as Basil Exposition, Fabiana Udenio as <laughs> a lot of vagina. <laughs> That's right. Will Ferrell as Mustafa, Mimi Rogers as Mrs. Kensington, Joe Sun as Random Task. That guy's in prison. Yes, he Paul is. Dillon. He's a terrible person. <laughs> He's a terrible, terrible person. Uh, Paul Dillon as Patty O'Brien, Charles Napier as Commander Gilmore, Elia Baskin as General Borchevsky, Clint Howard as Johnson Ritter. Neil Malarkey as Quartermaster Clerk, Michael McDonald as Henchman Steve, and Cindy Margolis as Fembot. Featuring cameos from Tom Arnold as Texan, Carrie Fisher as Therapist, Larry No Soup For You Thomas as Casino Dealer, and, ladies and gentlemen, Burt Bacharach as himself. Um, I, there, I will say this. Uh, it's, it's a cast. It's a hell of a cast. I mentioned you that I it's was bigger surprised... Too. That there was a lot of Seinfeld actors in this movie. Because there's oh. also, I, I don't know the actor's name, but the guy who plays, um, what was the character's name? Um, uh, Bob, Babu on Seinfeld. Babu. Is also, yes. He's one of the UN members, I think, in this movie. He is. And I think I it just... I put him down. I don't, Maybe it doesn't I matter. It's really not... I, it's not even... A, barely even anything to mention. But Babu! it's just funny that <laughs> those are the character actors that were... You know, they're in yep. the 90s. They were getting around. Because Seinfeld is... Still Seinfeld's on. huge at this time. Yeah, it's still I mean, on. It's, it's in, well, 97. Oh, my God. Like, 90. I mean, you have to imagine they're filming this in 96, so that's got to be season 7 for them. Yeah, and they ended in 9, so they, they ended, ended at 9. 90, so it's at the yeah. height Seinfeld of Seinfeld ends in 99, 98. 98, yeah. 98. So it's kind of at the height, though. I mean, it's yeah, doing so really they're, well. they're getting the actors that yeah. people are familiar with. So, of course. So, I, you know, I, I was very um, surprised by that. But, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of what this movie does is we'll get... Somebody who's funny, right? For one line or one, one scene, line, one scene, and just have them completely nail it, <laughs> or just do a crazy character, yeah, and just, and just be done, you yeah, know? So. and then just be done, and they're gone, and you're just kind of like, oh, but like again, I think that was kind of ahead of its time in a way like i think yeah. mike myers this movie is kind of one of the first to do that to get these characters just to do these small roles yeah, i'm sure and disappear. it's been done but i think he brought it to more of the mainstream not on this level i don't think yeah i don't i don't know you have to look but i don't know <laughs> I, well i always look, I gotta look. when we're talking about this i always don't right. i don't want to like be ignorant to film history because i'm not a film historian i do you know i mean <laughs> no man i'm <laughs> off <laughs> Film history. <laughs> no, I, I maybe I just feel that way because 
it does feel like you in the see modern a lot day, of, I believe it is. In yes. a modern day, it does feel like one of the first to really do this, and to stack this many comedic actors for small roles like that was really unique, I think, for that time. And I think we saw a lot of other comedy films later on do the same thing because it was like, oh, people like seeing like a TV actor pop up in a movie, right? Like that's the fun thing about it. Yeah, it, it's it's a stacked cast of. Who's who's of who's who of like character actors. of comedic actors? Yeah, right? so and, um, yeah, so I, I mean, I just feel like it goes through that. And, yeah, but we got a lot to go through. So do you want to do you want to just yeah. let's just blow through? Let's I'm gonna start. Let's, and I'm just gonna start. If there's somebody that we don't really have anything to say, we'll just I'll just do the cameos quick. Yeah. Look, Burt Backrack. The man's legendary. I like that he gets him in here to play like his big famous song. It's very fun. Um, I like that song too. It's very like yeah. sweet. And he's in all three. He's in all three. He yeah. appears in the first two, like in the movie, and yeah. then the third one is a post credits. Okay, um, but he is in all three. Is it a post credit? I didn't see that. He is in a post credits in. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, during the credits. Oh, I was okay. Yeah, it yeah. Post credits, but it's like during credits. You know how at the end of every one they have like the little screen and they, yeah yeah, they yeah, play. yeah he's yeah. in that so yeah he is in all three i'll have to revisit so, before we do that yeah one. um larry uh no soup for you thomas he's just a dealer car dealer just a car dealer but it's great to see him there yeah, isn't it it's great I, as soon as i saw him i was like he's gonna tell this guy no soup for him soup nazi soup nazi baby i love it um uh, but yeah he's 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 fine in the role it's all good um carrie fisher as therapist i love carrie fisher we all do uh i didn't realize this her dearly i didn't realize this was her for very long time. Like when yeah. I saw this movie when I was younger, I, I wasn't. Like, I could piece it together. Later, you know? Yeah. But now, obviously, I know. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think she's great in I this little role, too. and she does a great job with like the. Oh yes, you know, uh, are, are your father's not actually trying to kill you. It just feels right. like no, I'm actively trying to kill him. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, she like the thing you forget about Carrie like, Fisher. Oh, She's, they're talking about the world taking over the world because okay. that's how important it <laughs> that's is. How important it is. <laughs> The thing I always um, am fascinated by Carrie Fisher is just how funny she she is. Yeah. Like everyone always like it, it's funny because everyone remembers her for Star Wars, but then she pops up in these other things, and she has real comedic chops. Mm-hmm. And I just I love seeing her pop up in that stuff. It's um she's in um the Burbs. She's in the Burbs with Tom Hanks. Yes, and fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Yes, um but yeah she's great great little role. Yep. Tom Arnold as Texan. Fantastic. Fantastic. Probably the best Tom Arnold role of all time. <laughs> I was like, I look, I get it. I, I people like Tom Arnold was like, you know, he's like a we've mentioned what I think he, he's we mentioned still, him in does he, does he still have the thing? I, I guess he's in a relationship with Roseanne Barr at this time, right? I guess I, he's I with think Roseanne maybe at this time. I don't know. A story that I yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I think was it when we did the best and worst of twenty twenty two and I mentioned that horrible Pinocchio uh, movie no no um, no the MGK movie oh he's in it he's in, yeah. he's in that and you were like Tom Arnold yeah he's not a leaning man he's not a major comedic but like for this this is how you use Tom Arnold this is how you, you use Tom Arnold for one scene they come in he's committed to this bit yeah and that's one of the funniest parts of the whole movie yeah he's just like oh but you're gonna pass a kidney or you know pushing oh, a kidney you're gonna or, pass kidney there yeah you know oh, take it easy I, there Pat. can i get a can i get a courtesy flush can you I know like, i that seems so weird to me because i'm like nobody would ever do this to you in a bathroom like when no you're, that's you, the no point. one's gonna actively sit next to you going 
Oh, you do a courtesy flush? Oh, buddy, well, keep going. Well, to be honest, the way that, the way that, you know, the what he assumed. Yeah, you what know? he assumed. And then he's like, Jesus Christ, boy, what did you eat? And it's just like the human, it's the henchman yeah. inside the toilet. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Tom Arnold is very good at this. It probably is the best Tom Arnold role. I mean, like, look, man, when I hear Tom Arnold, I think, like, D-list celebrity. Yeah. And this guy, like, you know, but this is probably was, his best role. He was big at the time. He was big at the time. Because of Roseanne. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So not him. But <laughs> um, Cindy Margolis as Fembot. She's one of the Fembots. Yeah, is she the um, main Fembot? I believe she's the main Fembot. Um, Fine. So, like, I, I guess Cindy Margolis was big at this time. Like, she's I, like I a model, who, I don't know but who this is. it's fine. The Fembots are fine. Yeah. I... I, I, I'm not crazy about no, the Fembots. I yeah. was just kind of like, oh, okay. You again? I think it was just they wanted uh, a model to be that. Again, that's something that, and again, I think those are those are in all three movies, the yeah. Fembots. Uh, and if you think it's a bigger part of the lore than it actually is. It's yes. not really in the movie. They come in very late in the movie, mm-hmm. and they, they have one standout scene. They have one. It's not really scene. them. It's because of him. Yes. And then it carries over into the second movie right at the beginning. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun. And, and then it, the it's even in the third one for a weird thing at the beginning, too. <laughs> and we'll get to that uh, when we uh, get there in a few weeks. Um, Michael McDonald as Henchman Steve. Uh, welcome, Michael McDonald. Welcome, Michael the, McDonald. The, well, well, for, well, not just multi, because he... Uh, so, to be honest, I didn't realize this. Uh-huh. Michael McDonald, we talked about in Leprechaun 3. Yes. He was in... Ghostbusters 2016 and answer, answer the, call. the call. I yes. did not know that. So he, at the last time, he was already in, in the multi-franchise Hall of Fame. And, and, and the character actor is the first, and there's another one in this movie too, yep. but it's the first triple person to be in three franchises that we've Michael covered. McDonald's so, it's a big but, deal, man. It's a big deal. Um, um, so Michael McDonald's... My actual... Maybe my favorite actual scene of the movie. Yes. Um, left out. That joke really worked for yes. me. It's, he, he literally just goes... No! 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 <laughs> and it's just rolling so slow. Ah! Ah! It's so funny. It's so funny. And I just Michael McDonald's very good. He's in all three of these. He's in all three movies. Is he in all three? He's in all three, and he plays a different character in all three. I didn't recognize him in the other. He does. Two. He does. No, appear. I think in the second one. I don't remember him in the third one. In the third one, he doesn't have a speaking line because he is. Uh, during when he's get when uh, uh, Austin Powers is being knighted, he's the royal guard behind. Oh, really? I didn't the even queen. Know, I didn't he's even standing that. there. He's standing there in the royal garb, and he's just like. And what's staring. he in the second one? In the second one, I don't remember. We'll talk we'll about, it about next, next week. week. We'll yeah, talk about yeah, next yeah. week. It'll jog my memory when we talk about it. But he is in all three of these, and he has a different they, well, role. They, they in all do three. that because yes. the other person's in all three of them. I think he's relatively the same I character. Think, I, I think he's in all of these because Mike Myers just loves him. Yeah. I think he's just like, I just love him. He, so. he, he repeats a lot of the same actors. Even if, the same are, actors. even if they are different roles. Yes. So uh, Neil Malarkey as Quartermaster Clark. Now, I put Neil Malarkey... I don't even know who the... Is that the assassin? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, see, we're, Tony's reason, not here to give us We pictures. don't have a cast list. Uh, but it's such a big cast, but I will say, the reason I wrote Neil Malarkey is because he is also in all three of these movies. Okay. Mike Myers uses him for all three movies, and I tried to write down those people that he brings back every movie, because yeah. I'm like, well, they have roles. Um, but I think the Quartermaster Clerk, if I remember... It's a very small character. It's not that important. Oh, okay. Neil Malark, he's the guy who... Uh, here's your one shoes. One, one That's male him. sex That's him. symbol. Yes. One Swedish He's penis. the one who gives him the penis Actually, pump. you know what? Yes. 
Great. It's a great. Great. Role. It's a great. He's role. great in that. One Swedish penis mob. That's not my, my bag, bag, baby. One book entitled One book Swedish Penis Mobs. <laughs> totally my bag, baby. By Austin. I didn't write that, baby. One receipt for Swedish <laughs> penis pumps signed by Austin. Ba- yeah, it's so good. And it just keeps going with that. That's what you were talking about, though, when it's just Dedic- dedication. Dedication to the joke, and it keeps going. And I th- it's funny because that Swedish penis pump joke is. The, a, lot, a joke a lot of people remember from that movie yeah. because it's such dedication to it yeah. and it just keeps going and he, you're like yeah, when he, are we going to get past the he, Swedish he's, penis he's, pump? he's incredible yeah he's it's incredible. incredible but yeah Neil Malarkey um, and here's the other guy I believe you're talking about Mr. Clint Howard yes. as Johnson Ritter so he is he was in three franchises he yes, was he in was. Leprechaun 2 he was in Leprechaun 2 um, and he was in uh, Night of the Museum Battle of Smithsonian yes he was and here so, he is popping yeah. up so as Johnson he's, Ritter he's in the character actor congratulations he's, congratulations he's look Clint Howard obviously what uh, a unique guy brother of Ron and that and I would argue Ron is probably the most successful yeah, out and, of all and of them and that is um, well that's where he gets most of his work is he pops up in the Ron Howard movies? Yes, <laughs> um, but you know what, man? He, he's he's got you know when he pops up on his own, he's got he's again he's in all three. He's of these working, movies. man. He's yeah, working. I think he plays, if not the same, mostly the same character in all three movies. Yes. Oh, you know what? I just remembered who Michael McDonald is in the second movie. Oh, um, and and um, I'll just throw it out there just because I remembered. Yeah, he's the guy who watches the Jerry Springer show. Yes, in the second that's one. him. Yes, um, but. Uh, I think he play, he plays like a, a, a officer, you know, uh, uh, Clint Howard plays, you know, some type of a government official. Yes. If not in, if not the same character, basically the same <laughs> character in all three movies. Yes. Um, look, man, when he pumps up and does stuff, like he's in, he's in an episode of Seinfeld when they're in Hollywood. He sure like is. That. Yeah. And I think he does great with that. You know he's what I mean? Excellent. Like he's, he, he, when he does his thing, he does his thing. He's not. Look, when he's there, he's there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> He's not a, a movie star. He's not a, a fabulous but director. What like, but, but what I like is that he knows that. He's a serviceable actor. He's a serviceable actor, and he gets to work in the business, and he's just fine with that. Yeah. And that's why I like Clint Howard. Even though he's a nepotism sibling, I guess. Yes, he is. <laughs> Nepo, baby. Um, okay. Um, so let's. I guess we can do these two together. Um, Charles Napier as Commander Gilmore and Elia Baskin as General Borchevsky. They are like in the, the war room. Um, when Doctor Evil's like threatening, them, okay, yeah, 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 they kind of have a substantial role in this movie because they keep cutting back to yeah. them and like what they're going to do. They made no it's impact. It's a nothing on me. role. They made it's a nothing no role. impact. On we'll me. move past it, but I wanted to mention them because they are in it quite a bit. Yeah. So yeah, wanted to just mention them. Uh, Paul Dillon as Patty O'Brien. That's the assassin. That's the assassin. Yeah. Patty O'Brien's the how, assassin. How do you feel about that? It's fine. Um, you know, you're feels Irish, like we're, feels like we're exaggerating stereotypes. We just got done Leprechaun. <laughs> I feel like I just can't escape this. And I'm like, oh, our, go our culture. Oh, God. <laughs> Tell me again how it's our culture. Tell me again how you're wiser than me and you're a father now. Tell me all of that, Ryan. <laughs> no, I... Um, I bet that seventy five percent is mostly British, though. Yeah, I mean, look, look, it's 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 fine, it's fine. I mean, it is what it is. I'm he, glad this is the only movie we get, like, kind of again, this kind of. This uh, has got to be a specific like parody of a yes, Bond character, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, I don't know what Bond villain, but that's it has the thing. To be. I don't. Yeah, but yeah, Patty O'Brien, it's fine. <laughs> Mister Joe's son has a random task. Okay, this guy's this guy's in, jail. in prison. <laughs> Do you know that? This guy's in prison. And then he doubled down. He's a really bad person. He doubled down because he went to prison for like, they go to prison for like financial stuff and yeah. then he killed his, his he cellmate. Killed, yeah. He killed so his cellmate. he's, 
He's serving, I think, uh, it's, I think it's life. I think he's there for life. <laughs> he the f- down. So, you know. Um, he's not a good person. Not a good person. Don't really want to talk to him, talk about him too much. Um, it's fine. It's an odd job parody. And yeah. the name Random Task is, fun- is the funniest the thing about the The name is character. funny. Um, yeah. but, uh, don't want to talk about the actor. And we're not going to. We'll move past Joe's son. Although there's there's something out. There's another person in this cast when we get there. Yes. Well, I was doing some research on him. Might have also possibly killed somebody. Might have also possibly killed somebody, but right now, we'll we'll move past that, but, you know, Joe's son, he's in prison for life. Mimi Rogers as Mrs. Kensington. Um, Um, Mimi Rogers was a big actress uh, at the time, but also, like, from the past, is one of those people I think Mike Myers, like, remembered from a certain time and Mm -hmm. brought her here. And she's fine. I like that she's, like, you know, the, um, because she's the first agent yeah. That we see mm-hmm. um, before we get to uh, Vanessa Kensington, yeah. which is very fun, and you're just like, this is really uh, quite nice, and they resemble each other too, which I like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, again, I just uh, it, it see again. This is a, this is a tribute, clearly, or some some yes. type of thing. Uh, this part went over my head. You know, I'm not going to sure. sit here and act like I I understand. Okay. You know what I mean? So cool, cool. Okay, um, I think once we. We're going to really get to talk to some people now, I think. Will Ferrell as Mustafa. Yeah, um, it's funny. I like the joke a lot when he goes down into the fire. Oh, it burns! This was also somebody who, he comes back for the second one. I don't think they could get him for the third one because I think he was starting to establish himself as an actual... I, yes. Actor at the time? Yes, because, well, they... And, and I think it was also... Well, I guess... They could have used him in the 70s, I guess. Yeah, but... Because the, in the second movie, remember, he's only in the time travel in the 60s. True. He's not in, like, the current day. True. So I was kind of like, are they gonna... Yeah, so I don't know. But, like, but I, I, I think you are right. I think it's because he was establishing himself. Um. Yeah, I, did, so I don't think they could have gotten him. I, I knew... When I saw him, I was like, oh, this is where he falls down the cliff. Like, I was thinking of his second... The yes. role from the second movie. But the joke here still works, that he, like, gets... <laughs> is somebody up gets there? gets killed and just... Refuses to die. If anybody's up there and can hear me, send help. And then the door. Or you go, and then just the, take care of this. Just take care of it. I've been oh, shot in the arm. <laughs> I've been shot in the arm. Yeah, it's very funny. And I and like when how they finally just, did, he finally does die. They wait extra. Yeah, long. they wait extra long. It's a great joke, and I really, really like. Uh, his fun role in that because he's yeah. literally just in that scene but again yeah. that's how you use Will Ferrell you well, let they, him go isn't he in another scene where they show him at the table they yes. show and yeah they show him earlier in the movie at the, at the table, table but yeah. then when he actually gets the death scene that's really where he gets the shot yeah. and it's it's quite excellent so yeah Will Ferrell <laughs> Fabiano Udenio as Alada Fagina uh, obviously, again, this I, this is a parody of a pussy of a galore, right? Yeah, pussy galore, and uh, it's you know a lot of vagina. The the I mean, you know the the bond, excuse me the 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 Bond movies. Pardon me? Say it again. Uh, a lot of vagina. <laughs> um, the Bond movies. Uh, Oh, so yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much agreed, I think, that like the old movies have a lot of misogyny in them. Um, and we're going to see that whenever we get even to it. Even up to like, like, I feel like even up to the Brosnan Even up stuff. to the Brosnan. You didn't it, really start to change till Craig. There was an introduction of a character. Uh, one of the, is it, I think it's one of the Brosnan. Is it, I want to say it's Denise Richards. One's something, something one Christmas. Something Christmas. And they, they, they included 
a character, her last, some something her last uh-huh. name is Christmas, so they could say the line after he sleeps with her. Looks like Christmas came twice this year. So, so like, <laughs> that's all I know about the James Bond movie. I had to stop for that one. That's really, I I haven't seen that. I'm one. pretty that sure is... that. Maybe I'm making it up, but I'm pretty sure that is. Uh... Our next franchise will be the Brosnan. <laughs> James Bond movie. I think that's Brosnan. Because I want to see that line be said. I, no, that sounds like Brosnan. Because Denise Richards, as we were talking about, was big in the 90s. And maybe that's not Denise Richards, but I'm pretty sure. That's got to be, oh my God, Christmas came twice this year. You got to be kidding me. That's silly. 1999, Denise Richards as Christmas, Dr. Christmas Jones. <laughs> Looks like Christmas came I twice thought, this year. I thought Christmas only comes once a year is the line, I think. Oh, God. Well... Whenever we get there, that'll be fun. But uh, is that all you have to say about a lot of vagina? Uh, she's fine. She's fine. The, the, the name is the joke. The name is the she's joke. Fine. She's not really an anything yep. character. Uh, <laughs> Michael York as Basil Exposition. I love him. I, I love him I, too. I think he's great. He's got incredible, awesome. incredible voice. <laughs> it's so good. Every time he pops up and he's just kind of Oh, like, hello, Austin. Oh, hello, Austin. And he's just very like, and he'll catch him kind of in these precarious situations. And he's just like, he's like, how's your night going? And he's yeah. just very like. I love know. the ex- exposition. Like, I, you know, I love yes. that. Yeah. yeah. The exposition is very funny. And I think his role actually gets better with each one. Yeah. Um, I specifically like him in Goldmember quite and a bit. The, the friendship that he has with Austin. Like with he Austin. genuinely it's, likes Austin. He yeah. genuinely enjoys him. And they build upon that too. Yeah. You get to see how long that friendship goes. So, but uh, yeah, Michael York, he's great. Um, Mindy Sterling as Frau Farbizna. Great character actor. It's so good. And she has such a great role here. She's dedicated to it. I'm glad she got time to shine here. Yes. Um, I feel like she's somebody who pops up in a bunch of movies mm-hmm. and shows and she's always pretty funny from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I love this character. Yeah. I think it's so funny. Um, I, I love just how she is always in Dr. Evil's corner no matter what. Yep. And she just kind of sits there with a the smile the entire time. Is like, hmm, yes, yes, great plan. Like she never like <laughs> doubts him. She's always all in. Um, and obviously another character they build upon all yeah. the movies, yeah. which is a lot of fun, I think. But um, she is fantastic. I just yep. want to say that. I think she's great in this movie. Uh, Seth Green as Scott Evil. Yeah, he's he's really good in this he's movie. Really he's good, really good he? in this movie. He's really good. Also, just the name Scott Evil yeah. is so funny. Yeah, it's I'm Doctor Evil. He's my son, <laughs> Scott. 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 And he's Evil. such a he's such he goes through like all like the '90s like every scene he's like, got almost a different look. I he's feel got like. a different like '90s look every single time. I ju- I love how he's just kind of playing. The, the doubtful child. But he's kind of neglected, obviously. He's like, yeah. you're just coming back into my the life. Edgy teen. You know? Oh, give, give daddy a hug. You, you haven't been around my entire life. Yeah. And now you want me to just come in here and tell you I love you? Yeah. Yeah. It's very funny. And I just love how... We, um, I love whenever Doctor Evil is stating his plans, and Scott's just snickering, yeah. and he's like, "He's like, really, a million dollars? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, he, you know, he's just like, yeah, I'm sure that'll really work." And they really build upon that too with every movie because that gets yeah. more ridiculous. Why did you shoot him? I'll go get a gun. Shoot, okay, him. shoot him. Yeah, he's literally just pointing out the plot holes, which I love, and he's just like, "I'll get a gun right now, and we can end this." Scott, you're just not getting it, are you? <laughs> you're just not getting it. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, Scott Evil, yeah. Robert Wagner is number two. Also possibly killed somebody. Really? <laughs> is this is the guy. Look up Robert Wagner. Wow. Possibly I, killed somebody. There's a whole... Th- I, was, I was like, oh, that guy looks really familiar. Let me see. 
And there's like, and a then whole, you saw the mugshot. Well, there, <laughs> there's a whole on this Wikipedia. There's a whole thing about like possible like death of somebody. Uh-huh. And there's a whole thing about like I'm not I'm not I'm not accusing him of anything. I don't know. Sure, sure. But there's a whole thing about he was on a boat with some people, and I think there's oh that's that's somebody, where that's where murders happen on the sea. Somebody famous was on the boat with oh it was Christopher Walken was on the boat with him. Chris Walken was <laughs> and, and his wife or partner at the time, and they're like oh they were arguing. That night on the boat. Oh my god, she disappeared, <laughs> she didn't she? She disappeared in the water. Oh, he she f- f- killed her. Oh, she's dead. She he in the water. He f- <laughs> killed her. Are you kidding me? That's exactly what happened. Robert <laughs> Wagner killed a woman. <laughs> I'm accusing him. <laughs> For years, it wasn't, they were they were, they reopened the case. And they were like, oh, you know, did he, did he kill right. her? Did he not? You know, again, I, maybe I'm getting details of the case wrong, but from what I could see, that's that's what I saw. And I was like, wow, he, uh... I have a little no, bit he f- killed his wife. No, that's some, like, that's some, like, oh, my God. This is like, uh, that woman from uh, Tiger King. Yeah, but they found out that dude was alive. Nah, she killed him. She <laughs> killed him. That's not her. That's not really him. She killed him. Death of Natalie Wood. Natalie Wood died under mysterious circumstances... Near within a mile from from or on the yacht Splendor. Come on. While it was moored near the uh, whatever, uh, we would have been on board the Splendor along with Robert Wagner, Christopher Walken, who was co-starring with her in the motion picture Brainstorm, and Dennis Darwin. What year did this happen? 1981. Um, wow. So this was a while ago. Uh, according to Wagner, Wood was not there when he went to bed, and according to his spokesman, he thought Wood had taken off on a small inflatable boat by herself, as she had done before. Wood's body was found about a mile away from the yacht, Good with Lord. the inflatable boat um, beached nearby. The autopsy report revealed that Wood had 39 fresh bruise, bruises on her body, including an abrasion on her left cheek. So come on, she well, did, it's not like she took off and drowned. Drowned, she yeah. Was yeah. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, there's a. I think we solved the mystery here on franchise. And and in in Robert Wagner's memoirs, he acknowledged he had an argument with her before she disappeared, but but he calmed down. He'd gone to bed. Hmm. Um, okay. Okay. So then. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm okay. not accusing anybody. Okay. okay. But if we're gonna give the other guy crap for killing somebody, you're absolutely right. I would have thought that there were some suspicious things going there's on. Some suspicious things going on. How do you feel about number two? I think it's a great character. I, I think, think I think it's I a, it's a good character. Again, it's it's a spoof of. I love that they just they just call him number two. I love the know. eye patch. Yeah, the eye patch. Yeah, he's, the eye he's patch a great. Iconic. He's a great spoof of the Bond character. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not yeah. too much to really say, but yeah, I think he's good. But he always has the ideas. I like that's what's funny. But he I always pref- has the better idea, and then Doctor Evil comes in with some yeah. crazy over the top. Yeah, thing. he's like, we actually created a successful yeah, company. Yeah. He's like, we can make more money he's doing like, we this. We can make more money doing this, and then he, and then Doctor Evil's like, I want a missile to blow up the moon, and you're like, what? <laughs> I do. Pre- I prefer Rob Lowe. I know we're getting in the next week, but I oh, think Rob we'll Lowe does a, does a better job than the number two. I agree. Yeah. I think he's excellent. Um, Elizabeth Hurley as Vanessa Kensington. She's great. I'm actually surprised awesome. she wasn't. A Bond girl? As far as I know, she wasn't. She is like... So I watched this movie and I was like, man, I have a crush on this one. I'm like very sexy, very fun, and like really seems Does she make you Randy, baby? Does she make you Randy, baby? Yeah, I was a little Randy. (laughs) and But like you watch this movie and you're just like... But also just her comedy chops are really there. Like you felt like the entire time she got this movie and understood exactly the kind of movie she was in. 
And I really appreciated that about this performance because I'm watching her and I'm like, oh, she's like all in on this. Like yeah. she understands this movie. Mike Myers clearly was like, here's what I want. And she was like, oh, I'm in. Yeah, she, and she goes the distance, yeah, I think. And I think she holds the, her own with Mike Myers. She plays the Bond girl really well. Yeah. yeah. And I think she really goes toe to toe and compliments him really well. And it's kind of a shame that she doesn't come back. Um you know, obviously, we, we get a little bit next week, but, like, it's a shame the character isn't what we think. So, when I... I know there's reasons for that, and we'll, well talk about it. Well, but when like, I watched these movies, I when I was younger, I was bummed. I was like, why didn't they just bring back the... Why, why did they so never? Good. Why did they never bring back the person? And then I realized, oh, it's because there's always a different Bond girl. Like, right. That's why, like, even if she was great yes. in the role, there's always a different Bond girl. He always mm-hmm. has a different love interest, except for, again, maybe the Craig films. Yes. Um, but, like... You know that's why, they, yes. and, and and at least they reference why she's in the second movie, why mm-hmm. she's not there, and the third movie they just they just don't care about. Yeah, uh, yeah. About, I mean, uh, they don't they don't even talk about Heather Graham's yeah. character or or uh, Vanessa Kensington at all. No. They just go. No, well, on. they but they've already explained the Vanessa. They've already Kensington. explained Vanessa Kensington. You're right, and they, they don't even touch Heather Graham's character, nope. which is a shame. Which is a shame because I really liked her. Yeah, no, we'll talk do. about it next week. We'll talk about that next week. Also very good in her role. Um, but yeah, Elizabeth Hurley. Really enjoyed her this yeah. movie and just really thought she stood like toe-to-toe with uh, Myers. Now, the man, the myth, the legend, he's being inducted, my friend. Yeah. Mr. Mike Myers. He is a multi-franchise Hall of Fame. Multi-franchise uh, Hall of Shrek. Fame. Shrek. And, and now Austin Powers. And now Austin Powers. Um, and uh, obviously, he plays Austin Powers and Dr. Evil, the yeah. two main guys. I don't think there is a scene in this movie where he's not on camera. The, they, they hide... The reveal of Doctor Evil initially, so maybe, oh, a little bit. maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. that, like right, in the right. very, in the very, very, very beginning. I'll say later on. Then, yeah, I think there's a but scene. Once I don't the, think there's... once they're both introduced, yeah, no, it's they, just back yeah. and forth between the two, and I think there's a really nice balance between these characters in this movie, and I think part of maybe why the later movies don't work for me as much because I also watched them all too. I'll be honest with you, is maybe because they lose that balance. Yeah, um, I think he, I think Myers prefers one character over the other. I think it's Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil, yeah. And, it's, it's, like, the fun, it's the more fun character. It's the more fun character. But I will say in this movie, I think there's a great balance. And I really... I'll be 100% with you. I think Mike Myers is electric in this movie. Yeah. I think he is absolutely it is, electric. It's a great... It's a com- showcase. It's a, it's a standout comedic performance. Yeah. If you're making a list of the best comedic performances in a movie... It's this. ...of all time... It's on the list. It's it on might the list. not be number one, but it's on the list. No, no, it's on the list. Yeah. I mean, I watched this and I am like, this guy is on another. He's working on another yeah. level in this movie. But it, like, he's going all in and he's fantastic. Like, I it's think just back and forth. What works is is that because this whole concept is fresh, the Austin Powers character feels fresh, and that's why yeah. we enjoy him, and that's why there is able to be a balance, and that's why mm-hmm. it does work. But Doctor Evil is just the I can say. Ridiculous things. I can talk about, you know, the the Ger- or the, the the Dutch people or the German people, or whatever that adopted me, and the fifteen year old, you know, sex slave that was my mother with the webbed feet, <laughs> you know, and with the webbed feet, and you know, and and all this outrageous stuff as Doctor Evil that it's more fun to do that. So yes. yeah, I do think, and I think the the joke of the Austin Powers character himself runs a little thin in the next couple movies because sure. it's a lot of the same stuff but with Dr. Evil you can always elevate it to the next level right. and they do things like play off his dynamic with Scott play off you know introduce Minnie Me and play off that dynamic right, and right, right. there's more to do with the character versus Austin Powers as you see with James Bond is a lot of the same 
stuff. Yeah, I, he I, gets I, kind of uh, two-dimensional. He doesn't I have think, a lot well, of... I mean, James Bond becomes repetitive. I mean, you see a yeah. lot of the actors kind of mention that. I mean, Daniel Craig was yeah. so tired of being James He was James so Bond. sick of it. He was so <laughs> sick of it. And, you know, it is what it is. But I will say, for this movie alone... I think it works so well. And I love him bouncing back and forth. I love how each character is their own thing. Like when he... They are very distinct characters, each of them. Yeah. And when he's Austin Powers, he's loose. He's walking around in, in crazy, colorful clothing. Yeah, baby! You know, he's doing the whole thing. But then when he's Dr. Evil, he's hunched up in the shoulders. Yeah. And he's got this different... The physicality. The physicality is completely different. The finger. And he's he's like, he's like, I have no more fricks to give. You know, it's this completely different character. Yeah. And it's like, this is such a showcase for how good but, he is. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about that. I have it. I have it. Um, we're going to talk about all that. Um, but like, it's such a showcase to me when I watch this where I'm like, this is so electric. Uh, and it, it really just, I, when you watch this movie, I get why they made more because I'm yeah. like, when you turn, when you turn this in, I, any executive will watch this and go, I want another one because well, you are on another level. This again, this is what we can kind of talk about. Cause I, I feel like you mentioned, so this was only his fourth movie. I feel like he like his his filmography's got to be pretty small then, right? Because mm-hmm. he does the three Austin Powers movies, he does four Shrek movies, mm-hmm. um, and then the Love Guru, and then the he Love does Guru. a lot of like he, he pops he up pops up in, in Glorious Bastards. In Glorious Bastards, he did was it what was the Amsterdam or whatever Amsterdam recently? He did a movie. He did another movie, I think, with Margot Robbie a couple years ago. Like, like yeah. he pops up in like small roles, but besides that, he doesn't really. That's what I mean. Is like he's very interesting as a persona yeah because he does seem like he's very like he made his money he's probably still making money off of shrek and austin powers yeah. and probably even wayne's world oh big time and you big know time. and and he's, he's doing just, a, he does a super bowl commercial here and there yeah and he does know? he does what he because yeah, i think he's done a super bowl, super bowl commercial as dr evil and one as as you know wayne for, wayne, for wayne's world he, yeah, yeah he's done so, a wayne's world and, an, and a dr evil austin powers one so yeah, yeah he's done both I, yeah, I, I, he, he's a very interesting persona, yeah. and I, again, I think this this is his fourth movie. Because I he's, think he's he's very reserved, and I think he was you know obviously, and I know we're not talking about it, but you know the, the love guru was grew the love guru seemed like it was a passion project for him. Like it seemed yeah. like for whatever reason he was all in. Like he was all in. That on the was love his. Guru. You mentioned like we mentioned that the things that he finds funny, yeah, he doubles down greatly on. Yep. And what, if a public finds that funny, then that's great. But mm-hmm. if the public doesn't find that funny, it falls flat in his face. And the yep. love guru seemed like it was all his. Like he was probably. I, I would argue that movie, in a way, stalled his career. Yeah, because well, I mean, you, it did. He well, if, and you have to think about it. Too. Oh, he also did. The, I also forgot he did the cat in a hat. He did the cat in a hat, um, but which also, also was, we also have to remember, two thousand seven, the love guru came out. This is also the same year as Shrek the Third Boo. Yeah, it's not a good year no, for no, Mike Myers. Two thousand and seven was kind of the year that I would argue stalled his career. But, I mean, he that. straight up said after the failure of the Love Guru, he just stepped. He just he, stopped. He stepped back. Yeah, he just he didn't he didn't want to do it anymore. Yep. You know what I mean? Like yep. he couldn't he he couldn't handle criticism. I think he's yeah. very like. I, I think he's also a very but, sensitive guy. That, I think he's when, also very sensitive. And, and when I, you're the comedy is so personal like yeah. that that it is this is my sense of humor and the world is telling telling you not just we don't like it, but we hate this. We hate this. It's awful. It's awful and yeah. it won all these things and then all these things, you know, yeah. won all these Razzies and, and yeah. just trash. It's still on list of the worst movies ever made yeah. and stuff and 
look, to be honest with you, I've seen it. It's not that bad. I don't think it's that bad. Right, right. Have you seen the Love Guru? Um, no, I have not. I, I have not actually sat down and watched it. I don't think it's, I don't think think it's it. that bad. I, look, I am, I'm going to watch it. Maybe I can it's actually watch good. it. It's not good. It's bad. But is it one of the worst movies ever made? I don't know about that. I think maybe it gets that reputation. Does he play more than just the love guru though in the movie? I don't, is he does I, like is it like a multiple roles? He deal? plays himself. I know he's a cameo as himself. That's a little conceited. Well, no, you know what it is. <laughs> and, and um, okay, I'm gonna I'm just taking you know it's, I, it's I, the love guru. Go ahead. I, I want to take a. There, it's actually it's a deleted. There's a deleted joke. Uh huh. But I thought a joke that I always thought was really funny that right. nobody I don't think ever got the love of it. I'm pretty sure it's deleted. Right. Because this is. It's 2007. Yes. It's not long after the whole... He was caught... He was. He took part of a... In a real life, on a televised uh, moment with Kanye West. Oh, I remember this. Where yeah. he George was, Bush doesn't care about George black George doesn't care about black Everyone people. said this was and controversial, but I, I look back on that and I'm like, it's not controversial. But he was, it was just true. He was very awkwardly uncomfortable. Yes. His cameo in The Love Guru is he's in the stands of the hockey game yes. next to Kanye West. Uh, and every time Kanye West goes to speak, he tries to cut him off because he's afraid of what he's going to say. Uh, <laughs> it's actually really That's really, a pretty good that's joke. A really funny that's joke. a pretty good like, joke. Kanye would go, yeah, I think it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. That's, that's a pretty good That's joke. not in the movie, though. That's not in the movie, but, but it should have been. I, I but I think really Kanye does end up in that final film. They're in. They're together, They're I together yes. in the final film, yeah. but it's not that joke. But they do put them together, which is yeah. very odd, but... I, you know, it, it's unfortunate because you know. I mean, obviously, Kanye has fallen from grace. Oh, recently. Yeah, no, no, no. Not and I, I can't. Not stand a great Kanye, guy. Yeah. Not, not a great guy. Um, but the fact at that, that he, time, though, I think he was really unique because he was willing to make fun of himself. Yeah. Um, and obviously, never again. Obviously, he's lost well, all I, sense of humor let's about himself. Be honest, I think but, there's a reason that scene got deleted because even though it's the funny, the funniest things in the movie, right? If it, if, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's deleted. That's probably him going. Well, you, you can't put that yeah, in the movie. Sure. Like I can't, you know. Sure. But you know, I, you know, I, look, I, I think I, that destroyed his confidence. I think he yeah. lost his confidence. I think in he himself. lost his confidence. I, I think he's sensitive, and I think he lost his confidence. I think when, and you have to think too. He's never really had a bomb of a movie yet. Yeah. I mean, you know, I married an axe murderer was so early in his career that it was just like, and I'm sure that didn't cost you know, much. And, and he was still on SNL and he was kind of like, Oh, I'm still successful. And, he and even, he's had hit and he's coming off hit after hit. And he's had Wayne's world. He's had, um, three Austin powers movies. He's done two Shrek movies at that point. 2007 comes and he gets the worst Shrek movie of all time. Yeah. And he gets the love guru. And, to, and it's like, everything just stops. And I have to imagine you have to imagine, Ryan, being in that position of being in maybe two of like the worst movies of that year, I, I could imagine that could destroy your confidence yeah. when you're like, I've had two movies come out and nobody likes either of them. Yeah. That's gotta hurt. And even like to this day, you know, he well, he comes in, he does he does uh Amsterdam. Yeah. Uh, you know, last Very year. Very small role. Uh even if it's a small role, he comes in, it was it was he was advertised for he did press for the movie. Yeah, he did. Um movie got destroyed yeah. critically. Uh, and commercially, but I would say not his fault. Um, because no, 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 it's not no, his no. Movie, but right, right. and uh, but he and he was it last year. He also did the Pentaveret, yeah, which got destroyed, which also got destroyed critically. I, so I liked it. Yeah. I, I liked it. I liked it. I don't um, know. Not everybody did. But, I liked so you it, have but to wonder: like, is the time of Mike Myers over? Over. You know what I mean? Like, <sighs> it's 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 weird to say because it's like, is the time of Mike Myers over? But I think the reason does this comedy work today? Today, and I think the problem with specifically maybe the pentaveret is 
because he played so many characters on the show, it kind of and you you also could see he spent a long time on that show, like working and, on it. And it's also and, the the origin of it is a one or two line reference to I yes. so I married an ex murderer. Yes, like it's this crazy thing that he came up with, but like. I don't know, man. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. and I didn't watch it. So. I know you didn't. But I, I I thought it was really just silly and out there. He also references his career in the show. Like, there's... It's, it's fun. Shrek, I know. I've seen yeah, the clip of Shrek. Shrek is Shrek in, is in there. it, I mean, yeah. it's, it's fun. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I thought it was like a real... And he does voice Shrek in the... He does voice Shrek. And I, I thought it was like a real return to form for him in a way. Like, I was like... He's doing like this character work. And all the characters he played were different. And I really enjoyed that. But maybe people aren't really into that anymore. Maybe people don't really like this guy doing all these different characters. I don't know if that works anymore. If one actor doing multiple characters really yeah. works anymore, yeah. it feels like. That's I mean, not... I think I feel like that died with *Tropic Thunder*, where they they they, yes. they destroyed that joke. Yes. Same thing with you're not seeing these people. Although it's happened since, but you're not seeing the big transformative performances, like or like racial transformative performances. <laughs> Um, like you know, they made fun getting, of. You're not getting pigment changes. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Skin so, pigment changes. Although Emma, Emma Stone still played an, an Asian woman, but uh, <laughs> Emma Stone did play an Asian woman, and let me tell you, her publicist buried that. <laughs> Great publicist. Mark Wahlberg should get her publicist. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, I think that's Mike Myers, right? Like, that's Mike Myers. You know, yeah, he's very interesting, and we'll talk about him every week. He's going to be talked about but multiple in times. this movie. Electric. This is his showcase, and he dominates the screen. Absolutely agree with you. So, All right, synopsis. I got a quick synopsis for us. Uh, after Austin Powers thwarts an assassination attempt by Dr. Evil in 1967, both men cryogenically freeze themselves for 30 years and are awoken in 1997 to continue their long, heated rivalry. Yeah. It, That's it, really what it is. Yeah. Talking about the, the story again, it's we kind of talked about it. It's, it's a parody of these James Bond movies um, You know, with this kind of twist you know i'm, I'm yeah. from what i understand james bond doesn't do uh like chronologically doesn't you know chronologically freeze but uh cryogenically cry, sorry cryogenically i almost said cry a lot cry chronologically i don't even want to say this anymore cryogenically they don't freeze themselves no man i'm <laughs> off no I, I yeah they uh yeah cryogenically freeze themselves it's it, look it, i i think it's a fun story I, it works for what it is um I think you made a good point about wanting to stay in the '60s. Was that you, or did you no. like you like the jump to? No, I like right? the jump to because it's like a fish out of water story. Yeah, I, 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 I think I might have said something like when they go back. To you don't the like 60s, that in the second film. I, okay, I, I would have preferred right, right. the fish out of water stuff. That's where the the jokes would just work better. I yeah. think you know, even even Marvel did a great job like with Captain America and that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think like that just, there's something about a man at a time that's naturally funny. Yes. That you can, you can play up for comedic effect. Yes. You know what I mean? And I think that that really worked in him, you know, the, the clash of, the class of culture, clash of culture and him not understanding things. You know what yes. I mean? I thought it, I thought it really worked. I think it works too. It's just, it's very funny and it just, um, his style of this like 60s guy in the 90s is so funny and the jokes <laughs> they keep is, is just, he's so out of time that it's mm-hmm. just silly and I love uh, the jokes about his teeth the entire time. It was the 60s, baby. Nobody cared. Yeah. And she, like, she's just like, she's like, oh, toothpaste and a toothbrush and floss yeah. and mouthwash and he's just like, he's like, Okay, I get it. I got bad teeth. Like, yeah. you get to that point. Yeah, Did you funny. use protection? I had my handgun with me the entire time. 
Did you, are you talking about a rubber? No. No, we had unprotected sex, baby. Nobody cares. <laughs> like, it was just, it's so funny. And I love those differences between the 60s and 90s. But it's a great story nonetheless. Yeah. Our opinions. Yeah. How do you feel about this movie? Okay. I uh, hated this movie. No, I'm kidding. No, you didn't. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I laughed out loud several times. I thought it was really funny. Mm-hmm. I was worried, you talked about, and yeah. I can expand on this now, that this movie was not going to age well. Yeah. I thought this movie held up really well, not just for the comedy, but we right. talked about a lot of the problematic stuff with a lot of 80s movies. Yeah. And even 90s movies, and even 2000s movies. Yeah. And even 2010s movies. Yeah, and even 2010s. That, that, that don't age well, yeah. right? You Even The Hangover. I can't imagine going back and revisiting. I can't imagine that. Nobody that's... talks about The Hangover anymore. No, but anymore. I just don't think the jokes... And then there's a lot of... One of the opening lines, you know, in the first five minutes is paging yep. doctor, you know? Yeah, and yep. I, it's like, okay, like... Why don't you just watch your mouth? Because Todd Phillips made a masterpiece of a trilogy. <laughs> Why don't you just... <laughs> I'm not going to talk. I'm not, not going to ignore that. I'm going to power through. <laughs> I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to talk about... <laughs> Um, but, uh, I, you know, I, I, nobody cares about comedy anymore. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> welcome, welcome to killed comedy. Killed comedy. Um, but in this movie. Yeah. Okay. When Dr. Evil comes from the sixties to the nineties, yep. his plans for world domination <laughs> are still set in the sixties. Well, well the, but the jokes, right? Yeah. Destroying the reputation of the, of the, of the British royalty. Mm-hmm. It's happened. It's already done. And still, and still, <laughs> but to this day, right in the '90s, where because of the Charles Diana stuff, yeah. To this day, we're we're still seeing with the Meghan Markle stuff. Yep. Even more. Even more. Even so more now. so. So it's still effective. It's still Him, going. Oh, I'm going to shoot a laser in the atmosphere, in the ozone layer, and put a hole in the ozone layer, and create global warming. Already still, happened. St- and and <laughs> and it's still, still happening. happening. <laughs> so still effective. Yeah. And the thing that aged the best in this movie, yeah. Elizabeth Hurley. Drunkenly throwing herself at Austin Powers, this man who, since since he's woken up, mm-hmm. is all about he wants to shag. So shag now, shag later, shag this, shag the that. Shagadelic, why, baby. Why aren't we shagging? Why aren't we shagging? And he goes, it's inappropriate to do that when you're drunk. Holy! <laughs> I was like the major break moment <laughs> of this movie. Yeah, and freaking Austin Powers. Yes, is. There's a freak- Austin Powers cares about consent. There's date rape jokes in Revenge of the Nerds and all these 80s movies. And freaking Austin Powers yeah. has the common courtesy to be like, not while you're drunk, baby. Not while you're drunk. Not while you're drunk, baby. It's just not right. <laughs> He's about consent. And I, was I like, love that. Holy crap. But again, here's the amazing thing about that, though. I think that speaks volumes about Mike Myers as a person. Because yeah. you it- know he put that in there and said... This is right because I he because you know James Bond would have done it. James Bond would have done it, but I think that's a really interesting differentiating differentiating factor between him and James Bond. Austin Powers and James Bond was he wanted Austin to have a line, and I love that he put that in there because it's like Austin Powers is all about consent. Yeah. And I just and I just was like this wow. guy like you said who only cares about shag 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 shagadelic baby. Let's shag. Let's shag. I'm not going to use a rubber. Let's just get it going, baby. Yeah. Not while you're drunk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Austin Powers. <laughs> I just, I was like, wow, this, like, to me, I was like, 
This could you could have watched this and like, oh, that's cringy, that's old, yep. that's the the the, the it's age fantastic. The, the jokes, especially the 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 not three evil jokes about his plants, mm-hmm. could have been like, oh, there's a reference to like, and then, yeah, mm-hmm. the specific reference to the Diana Charles stuff is age, but the fact that like the royal families has has had their legacy yep. tarnished still lingers, still still, lingers. still effective. We're yep. still seeing hey, things falling apart. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And the fact that you know global warming is like, well, it's still. Effective the the references that they chose to make and to grab onto yep. surprisingly and luckily have, for them have aged very it's well held up so well and yeah you're absolutely right I mean it, it it's it's done so well and it's continued you you can watch this movie now and it's as relevant as ever and it's so fun and you're just like man this is like I can't believe this came out in 1997 and now in 2023 we're still talking about these things. Now in 2023, yeah. all these years later, and we're like, this is insane. Like it's it's pretty wild to watch it. And yeah, I look, but my opinion, I think this is a great movie. I really yeah. do. I think this is the standout of the series. I yeah. mean, you know, not to spoil anything, but I who cares? You know, like it's it's the standout. It is, to I mean, me. it is. It's it is. the best movie, and I think it's really just its own thing. I think Mike Myers set out to make a spoof movie, and I think he accidentally stumbled into. A series he wasn't I mean, planning it, on. It is. Like I, mean, I, I, I genuinely think he was like, I'm just going to make a James Bond parody. And it's going to be a spoof, and I don't care if anybody gets it. It's my passion project, and I think it accidentally crossed over into now it's an awesome it power. Superseded thing. the things nobody nobody watches this. It movie. became its own culture. The, the, again, the people that were watching this movie at the time of this release, a lot of the people that were watching it, especially the younger audience, mm-hmm. were not aware of the James Bond tropes. They were not aware of the specific parodies. Yeah. of of pussy galore and all this stuff right they weren't aware of all that yeah they they just knew that a lot of vagina is a funny name you know they knew that who does number two work for is funny like they just know that like let allow myself to introduce myself like that's funny like it just it like it supersedes and becomes more than the references and Mm -hmm. we see things like you know a lot of the scary movies or you know a lot of those Date movie, epic movie, dance movie. You watch it's very those specific to that. You watch, and there's yeah. Britney Spears sitting in a chair shaving her head. Right. That's okay. Yeah, I guess I kind of remember that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, just like it, it, it's they're they're very specific pop culture references for that time period. Whereas this is not that. This is like it, I mean, it is. There's references, it, but it's it like, is. It's the right references. It wor- and, and, and it works. With the references, yeah. and it works without the references. Exactly. The comedy is still funny. Tom Arnold going, what did you eat, boy? Is yeah. funny. It's hilarious. You know what I mean? I love when uh, Dr. Evil is is calls into the UN or whatever he calls the General Assembly, and he's like, he's like, I would like one million dollars. And then he gets really giddy, and everybody laughs at him because they're like, what are you talking about? Like a million dollars is nothing, nothing nowadays. Yeah. And then he's kind of looking at number two, and he's just like... Number two is like, ah, yeah, you got to ask for more than that. And he's like, one billion dollars. Like, he raises it. But, like, it's funny when he says one million because you're like, it's 1997, dude. Yeah. Like, one million dollars is nothing nowadays. Yeah. Like, corporations are making so much money. And uh, Jeff Bezos just, craps that out every day. He craps yeah. that out every day. I know not in 97, but. Not in 97, but he is now. Yeah. I mean, he's it's probably more than a million. But, like, it's it's insane. So, yeah, no, I, I think this is a great movie. And I just, yeah. I love it. And I would I would watch this again. I yeah, like I'll, it that much. I don't, I don't, this is, this is something that I don't think will 
I will yeah. get tired of watching yeah. because it just works. It's feel good. I mean, look, this entire conversation, that music has been playing in my head. Do 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 do. Oh my god. Do 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 do. It's been in my head the entire it's time. So fun, yeah. I love when Austin Powers is trying to turn around in that car too after he oh drives yeah. himself. The, and he's against the wall. And he's like <laughs> the nine hundred point yeah, turn it's or whatever. So funny, yeah. The nine hundred point turn. It's so good. All right. Um, uniqueness. What stands out to you? I think it's the elevation of the parody genre of yeah. parodying something, but the joke working and elevating and be and elevating itself over the actual parody. The joke isn't necessarily that it's a parody on for James Bond. Mm-hmm. The joke works on its own. That's yeah. what's unique. Yeah. Is that usually it's oh, we're making fun of this. Like the only thing I can think of is like Airplane, which is airplane. Yeah. Airplane, what is almost the same script or very close to <laughs> an actual? I think it's uh-huh. airport or yeah, whatever. It's nearly and, that movie, and yeah. and it's just they just added some. You know, the dialogue's almost identical from what I understand. They just added obviously some of the more ridiculous. We're all uh, counting on you, son. Elements. <laughs> um, That's such a good line. And uh, <laughs> it's it's like that where like you can watch Airplane and not watch the other movie and be like. Oh, here it's just funny. Funny's yeah. funny. Funny's funny. You know, yeah. and but there's very rarely, and that maybe the first scary movie I haven't revisited. But does does that work? If yeah, you don't, if you I don't, don't know. know Scream, dude, does that work? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's one of those so, things. Um, yeah, no, I think that is exactly what stands out. It is that it goes beyond parody and becomes this entirely different comedy. That again, I think he accidentally stumbled into. I don't think he's his plan was to make a trilogy. I think his plan was. I'm going to make one movie, and if people like it, people like it. If they don't, they don't. Yeah. And I think, I, mean, he, he, I think he accidentally created a phenomenon. He, That's what he I basically he made the same movie three he times. He basically made so. the same movie three times. Yeah, it's, it's, it is an accidental phenomenon. That is what unique, is unique about this to me. Uh, does this bring anything new? It uh, brings a, a hell of a comedic performance. Yeah. Um, it, it brings... 60s culture back. It, it, it's, it definitely it, brings 60s culture back. It is yeah. about nostalgia in the yeah. in the 90s for the 60s you know what i mean like we're getting yeah. you know was it so this was 97 so 10 was would be 2007 20 would be 2017 so we're getting to the point you know where you know we're almost farther away from the you know we're mm-hmm. almost farther away from austin powers than austin powers was from yep. the 60s Insane. you know so i uh, yeah I, th- I think it's i think it's a standout comedic performance and, yeah. and i think it's elevated comedy probably. yeah no elevated comedy the standout performance um and probably just i think bringing 60 culture back like that in yeah. that way was very new for that time because nobody really had revisited it yeah it's so it's so unique in that sense um what is the best scene my friend i'm gonna go with the michael mcdonald no nice just because okay. i think that that made me laugh consistently and the dedication yes. to it is it the best scene in the movie maybe not maybe it's the burt background thing right maybe it's the, the the dancing intro i don't know but but i i'm yeah. gonna go with that's the one thing that's always stood with me you know what screw it never mind i'm gonna go with the bathroom scene the who that <laughs> i laughed <laughs> consistently at that okay. as well and honorable mention too when austin gets defrosted and just that whole the long p the long p yeah. but the whole the whole thing the whole thing he's not speaking yeah. he's just going through this whole but the dedication yeah. to the joke mm-hmm. uh evacuation complete evacuation complete evacuation evacuate yeah it's so good it's so good <laughs> um yeah so i'm i'm going to take the dancing intro i yeah. think it is just so good it is it's really really fun it's just so fun and it it like it feels very bollywood 
Mm. Um, but also just how very big 60s. it goes. Very 60s. It's very big. It goes... It's really fun. You're just Myers is all in as Austin Powers during that dance, and everyone is into it. I love it. Another another one of those intros I think is also really really good, and we'll we'll talk about it as we go on because they do one like every single. I actually one. think all three are really. I think all three are really good, but I don't know if this is my favorite intro. But I do really 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 yeah. like this one, and I think it's a lot of fun. And I think just doing that was a swing to do yeah. like a big dance number sequel, like opening to your movie or comedy movie that's why people got sucked in there are a lot of like lines in this movie not this isn't necessarily scene but there's so many lines in this movie that just like they're just thrown out there that if you don't even notice them like like i know again somebody pointed this out but i noticed it too when when i watched the movie um when he's like there you are and the guy's like do i know you no but there you are like there you are it's so funny it's so good um how does this set the tone of the franchise it establishes... We're talking connectivity, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It, 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 what this does is it establishes... Um, it, I mean, it establishes the tone, right? It, it establishes that we are in a larger-than-life parody world. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, the stakes, nothing really matters. The stakes don't really matter. Yep. Um, plot doesn't really matter. The movie's not taking itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to work out in the end anyway. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's what's establishing. Yeah. It's just establishing this world of Austin Powers and it's setting the tone of none of this is really serious. We're just going to have fun. It's kind of just a bunch of sketches thrown together. But hey, you're here for the ride. Enjoy it. That's all it is. Yep. Is this a worthy start to the franchise? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. All right, my friends. So before we talk about the future of the franchise, I got a little casting. I got some fun facts. And I also have uh, a little section called uh, Dana Carvey, Dr. Evil. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll talk about it. We have to give him credit. We have yeah. to talk about yeah. it. I mean, I could not do this without mentioning it because it is such a big thing and i feel like we need to give dana carvey his credit yeah um so we'll talk about it but casting uh let's start with this mike myers originally wanted jim carrey to play dr evil and although he was interested carrey ultimately had to turn down the role due to scheduling conflicts with liar liar that is an interesting very interesting isn't it like i kind of heard that and i was like that could work do the i i want to know sometimes i feel like the comedic energies don't always mix so Mm. would those would those mix yes that's the thing i was thinking about but it also takes away mike myers doing dr evil which has become so legendary yeah yeah, yeah. and that what is jim carrey's dr evil look like would that have been as legendary as mike myers doing it is it more would that be like his renowned character dr evil is over the top but he's also stoic a lot Mm -hmm. like the joke is that he's not he's not like in your face and is he's jim, not is jim carrey just going to be bent over talking out of his butt exactly as Dr. <laughs> evil you know exactly I mean? like, and that's the thing like jim carrey probably would have gone big because that's how jim he does, carrey is. That's what he does. That's what especially he does. at the time yeah. yeah especially at the time um myers cast robert wagner and michael york two household names from the late 60s due to the influence the 1960s had on myers childhood it makes sense so again it's kind of one of those things where you know he it it goes back to his love of the 60s and 70s so yeah makes sense uh ray uh perlman was in talks to play frau farbiz farbizna but had scheduling conflicts uh, she has always regretted turning the movie down. I, it, it, the role look—I mean, the character looks like her. I oh mean, my I god! Could, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, and uh, just like 
it's funny when you hear like actors regret turning roles down because you see how big Austin Powers became yeah. and the amount of money they would have made and um, it's just like, oh. I don't, I don't think it's... I, I but still also think, maybe it's just the character's juicy. I still think that, you know, the, the character's maybe even better than what it would have been. I still yeah, think it worked. For sure. Colin Quinn turned down the part of Scott Evil and uh, has always regretted doing so. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> Seth, Seth Green is, is better. He's the better choice. Yeah. He's the better choice. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um... Also, isn't Colin Quinn a little old at that point to be playing? I was going to say, I mean, I don't like, really know like him Scott, that well. Like, like Seth Green really works in that was, role he's because young. he's like the exact age he should be to be Dr. Evil's son for not being around for so long. So, like, Colin Quinn well, was also, seems, they said, too. It was, but also, it, Colin Quinn always does that New York thing. And it's like, yeah. I don't know. You know I, I like Seth hey, Green. Hey, what's up, Dr. Evil? What's going on? Like, it, I don't know if that works. Yeah, Seth Green's the better choice. Uh, okay, we're going to go to other fun facts. We're there already. Uh, Myers estimated that thirty to forty percent of the film was improvised. Yeah, no, not surprising. Yeah, not surprising. At all. That's why you get the people you got. Yeah, they can handle it. Yeah. They can handle it. They're pros. Uh, Myers created the character of Austin Powers for his faux nineteen sixties rock band Ming T. And they're in the third movie. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. He has stated that the character uh, was inspired by the British films, music, and comedy of the late nineteen sixties and seventies. His father had introduced him to as a child. Yeah. So it, the, again, this is what I mean. Why I think that's why he's protective of this character because it I goes think back to his dad. I think it goes back to his father, and I think a lot of this is like in a way a tribute to his father. Yeah. And I think he views it that way, and I think that's why he's so protective it's, of it. It's so interesting. I've thought about this a lot in my my life. It's so interesting that like the role that the familiar role or just like the parental role uh, and how that impacts you as a person, yeah. as an artist creatively. And just interest wise, mm-hmm. and like just, and I, maybe it's because I recently, and I'm not even trying to movies because I recently became a father. Yeah, sure. And I'm thinking about like the impact that that has on it. Mm-hmm. And it's just very sh- interesting to me and fascinating to me, like, right. The role that, that even if you, you know, whether like, whether you're not there, you're there too much, you're not, you're there too little, right. like, you, like how much that impacts. A person, yes, and and the and your interests and and your dedication and right and 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 it's all this balance and I feel like you know, even when you are introducing your child to something like you have to do it right otherwise you could turn them off of it because yep. you could you're so into it and you're so yeah. forceful on it that they might not they might reject that passion it. might turn them off and, and right. it's it's very inter- that's very interesting to see but yeah. it's very nice to me the idea that. That that's something. This is it's in many ways. It's not like this was a love letter to his father, right? You know what I mean. Yes. So, and I don't know if his father was around for the movie. Uh, um, he was. I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. So, I, believe. I think his father, from what I remember, I, I think it's later on. I think it's like the early two thousands. He passes, or maybe the late nineties. But he, he, I think he was around to see this. I believe specifically there was a British TV series called Adam Adamant Lives that was a huge influence behind Austin Powers. Uh, the show was about an Edwardian adventurer who was revived in 1966 after being frozen by his evil arch nemesis, The Face. It's, I mean, that's exactly what this movie yeah, is. Yeah. And you're just like, what? Like, that's crazy. Um, Adam is bewildered by swinging 60s London and fights evil with the help from the beautiful granddaughter of his sidekick. So that's where the, yeah. So it's the it's James Bond thing. mixed with that. Yes, it is. Yeah. So I, I've never seen that show, but I, I was kind of interested. And I was like... Adam Adam it lives. I, I was like, I would watch good. it. No, no, I bet it's not I bet either. It's not good. I like Edwardian things though. I don't. 
Uh, <laughs> Dr. Evil's appearance is based on Bond's arch nemesis, Ernest Stavro. Ern Ernst Stavro Blofeld, portrayed saying, by Donald yeah. Pleasance uh, in You Only Live Twice. Yeah, and the cat is... And the cat, not, yes, not. is part of that. Yeah, it's very fun. Uh, ironically, Pleasance was the star of the Halloween films where his arch nemesis was Michael Myers. Yes. Pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, fun little fact there. Uh, Dr. Evil's voice and mannerisms are based off of Lorne Michaels. That's the fact. We'll get to the Dana Carvey stuff later. Yep. Because I think it brings off a little more than that. Uh, Elizabeth Hurley. Elizabeth Hurley and Mimi Rogers asked and were allowed to keep their tight leather outfits. There you go. Hey, good, good Pretty for Pretty hot, right? <laughs> no, okay. comment. no comment. <laughs> no comment. No uh, comment. AOL on Austin's computer is version 3.0. And on the DVD commentary, Jay Roach stated that uh, he did the AOL product placement to get a free year of service from them. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, of <laughs> could course. You, could you imagine just like having that like offer though, just being like, yeah, I'm just gonna do this, just get like a free, yeah. free year, free lifetime supply of something. Is there anything you would do that for, like a lifetime supply of something? Uh, I mean, I would I'd do anything for somebody to sponsor the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay then. <laughs> anything. You heard him, James Cameron. <laughs> Uh, Mike Myers. <laughs> what about you? Is there something you would... Um... No, I draw the line at uh, James Cameron. Mike Myers' wife... <laughs> uh, Mike Myers' wife suggested he dance in the movie during the credits since he dances around the house in the buff. Makes sense. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Ted the Sphinx Cat that played Mr. Mr. Bigglesworth is very fond of, was very fond of Myers and often delayed filming by sleeping on his lap. There you go, cute little cat. That's I nice. don't like I, I don't like uh, furless cats though. No, I mean they're weird me out. That's the point. It yeah. makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. In the Vegas bar scene, Myers originally wanted Austin drinking Zima to show Powers desperately trying to be cool and failing. Instead, he's drinking a Tab Cola. Coors, the owner of Zima, were keen on the idea until they realized they were being mocked and quickly pulled out. <laughs> I love. I love facts like that where like the like the product placement is like the per the people see it and they go oh we're being mocked you're not gonna make fun of Zima and they like pull their product it's like what are you talking about like it's f***ing called Zima go, like come like, on yeah. come on cores grow up it's so stupid uh, Neil Malarkey and Myers were a one t were one time comedy partner partners in the 1980s and toured as Malarkey and Myers. So yeah, that's, so that's why, why I, I knew I had a fact about Malarkey. I was like, there's something in here. That's why he's that's in all why these he's movies. That's why he's in all the movies. Because yes. it must be close. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Penelope Spheris, who directed Myers in Wayne's World, uh, said he was a nightmare to work with. But when she saw him in Austin Powers, she was so impressed that she forgave him. Yeah, I think they're on better terms now. Yeah, they're on much better terms yeah. now. Yeah, they're on much better terms. And when you watch Austin Powers, you forgive Anybody. Yeah, but I think even her directing the the Wayne's World, the first Wayne's World movie. Yeah, that was pretty. I understand pretty like big. Like that was pretty was like pioneering. Deal. Like the fact yeah. that this woman is directing was this directing this big comedy, big comedy film. movie. Yeah, yeah, it was a big deal. Um, and I've heard those things about Myers that he can be a little tough to work with. A lot of people um, can. A lot yeah. of people can. But I, I I've heard of that about him. Unless you're Keanu Reeves. Unless you're I mean, Keanu Reeves, yeah. apparently you're the best guy in the world. John Wick Chapter Four out now. Uh, now. Go see it. Vanessa Kensington's last name is an homage to Meyer's acting debut. Uh, when he was 12, he appeared in a Canadian sitcom called King of Kensington. There you go. That's fun. I didn't know that. And I was just like, I, I didn't know he was it, acting it, at this 12. This is like a love letter to his, his career and his, his, yeah. his interest. Yeah. So wild. Um, 
Uh, this is Will Ferrell's feature film debut. Yeah, I'm not surprised by first that. First one, yeah. yeah. First what, movie he's wait, ever done. I'm guessing he's on Saturday Night Live yes, at this point? Yes, he's on yeah. SNL at this point. Um, and I, he's not there long. I think he only does five or six years or something. He's gone by like 02, I think, the year yeah. Goldmember comes out. Um, and I think that's because he was filming... Was he doing Talented... No, Anchorman. He was doing Anchorman at that yeah. time. Yeah, that's why. Um, every Austin Powers movie was released the same year as a James Bond movie. 1997 uh, was Tomorrow Never Dies. 1999 was The World Is Not Enough. And 2002 is Die Another Day. How weird is that? You know, I, think, I feel like that was intentional. I don't know if it was. I kind of feel like... They were, maybe... also, they were also churning out James Bond movies. And that's the thing. Yes, that's true. Yeah. I, I, well, I love to... And again, we can talk about this movie you know, as we go on the next couple weeks. Yeah. But that this, like, I mean, Daniel Craig has literally come out and said that this forced them to change James Bond. You just took a fun fact. Oh, sorry, Why man. are you talking? Stop talking. I'm going to keep going. Uh, this <laughs> Is that the next is, one? This, no, no, it's not the next one, but it's coming up. Uh, this is Mike Myers' favorite performance in this film specifically. I'm not he surprised, yeah. Daniel Craig credited the Austin Powers franchise with the more serious tone of the Bombs film. You want to say it? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what are you talking about fun facts, man? <laughs> no, I'm off um <laughs> uh daniel craig credited the austin powers franchise with the more serious tone of the bond films saying we had to destroy the myth because mike myers f-ed us yeah i mean yeah. It, it did, like, that's what but that's why i wanted them i mean i knew you had no it i know i was but in I there it's to, fine i just wanted to mention because that is such a big thing like the, the yeah because yeah. He, he destroyed he the destroyed james it. bond franchise yeah. and it, beyond that um it made it impossible to do the gags of the earlier bond films because austin powers uh, satirized them so and much. i think that he yeah. i think that made bond better i think so too i think because of austin powers in a way it, it improved bond and uh, this funny like yeah anyway we got better bond films out of it. that's what i was yeah. happy about um okay so that's all i got for fun facts but very quickly i want to do dana carvey dr evil I think it's important to talk about this. Dana Carvey does. Uh, I think it was his impression first. We're going to talk about this. So, Dan, I mean, I was Dana Carvey's always going to be attached to Mike he's Myers because be of their partnership on Saturday Night Live, on, Wayne's World. on Wayne's World, the yes. movies, and to this day, you know that that's a duo that people want to see, even yes. though there might not always been the closest. Yes, um, this is kind of this is kind of just like a mini oral history, I guess, but. In 2016, uh, Dana Carvey uh, said in an interview in, with uh, Howard Stern that he felt uh, animosity towards Myers for years about Dr. Evil. Uh, Carvey stated he was the first person to do an impression of Lord Michaels while at SNL, and he felt Myers stole it and ran with it for the movie. I, I think this is true to some degree. No, it I, seems I, like I, I believe, and I think he's even. Are, I think Myers has even addressed this. I think Myers has addressed it. There were writers at SNL from that time and other performers who have also come out and said it, w- it was Dana first. Yeah, but I, I think it's important just to mention his, you know, his uh, contribution. And it's to not. Dr. It's Eagle. not that. It's not that it, it. I mean, it's from what I understand. It's the exact. It's the exact Car- impression. It's not that it's an impression of Lord Michael. It's the exact, it's the exact impression. Um, Carvey was the first one to do the pinky gesture with his impression of Lauren, which was a big thing for Doctor Evil. Um, in 2019, also in a separate interview with Stern, uh, he stated that he never confronted Myers about it, uh, but forgave him nonetheless and let it go. Uh, that same year, Myers and Carvey. Uh, reunited at the Oscars to reprise their Wayne's World characters. Yep. So that was pretty I remember cool. remember that, yeah. And then in 2021, they, re- they reunited again as their Wayne's World characters for a Super Bowl commercial for Uber Eats. Yep. Which was a lot of fun. 
And in 2022, Carver, Carvey stated in another uh, Stern interview, he likes talking to Howard Stern, man. He's a big fan, that he and Myers have become very, very close friends again. They mean their shared history and the amount of, they have in common as the crux of it. So they are close again. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe Wayne's World 3 is on the way at some point. I think they should do it. But I think it's just important to give Myers, uh, not Myers, Carvey his credit because he is the one who came up with that impression. Yeah. And Myers is kind of the one who gets all the fame for Dr. Evil. But it was Dana Carvey's impression. And I think he, he kind of ripped it off. I think Dana Carvey, you know, he's very funny. You know, yes. I, I do, you know, and, and he might have like a, from what I understand, um, uh, I know he's got that, I believe Dana Carvey's got that uh, podcast with David Spade. Yes, where they talk to SNL um, people. Anyone um, who's been on SNL, they talk to. I've heard cool. from people who listen to that and maybe uh. it's just haters. That Dan Carvey is apparently very egocentric on that podcast. Like he always brings it back to him and how he's so funny. So I don't know how I have yeah. not listened to it. So I don't know. Do you listen to that? No, I don't. I, um, I, I so I, I well I don't listen to it uh, actively. Often. I've there's a few you have episodes. listened to it. There's episodes if the guest is someone I really want to listen to. I've listened have to they it. gotten Mike Myers? I, they have gotten Mike Myers. I haven't listened to it, but I've listened to like the Chris Rock episode, which I think was their first one. It was very good. Um, I listened to their Conan episode. I believe they had Conan on there. That was really fun. And um, there's another one I listened to. Tom Hanks. They had Tom Hanks on. Oh, there you go. So there's a couple good ones on there. And I believe they have had Mike Myers on. Um, but I haven't listened to it. But I'm sure it's a really good listen. If Mike Myers is doing the podcast, I mean, you know, what the hell, right? It's probably Where, pretty good. Why isn't he here? Why isn't he here? Um, okay, so that's all I got. So let's move to the future of the franchise. Should there have been a sequel to this? Yes. I agree. Absolutely. Yes. What do you want to see in the future? More shagging? More shagging. More shagging. Shagadelic, baby! Do you maybe want to see a spy who gets shagged? Uh, maybe. Maybe? Maybe. Okay. I know. I think they went in the, ultimately, I guess, the right direction. You know, I don't know. Pick apart more Bond tropes. Sure. Um, Time travel, I don't know if they needed to go back. But I think yeah. I think they wanted to... They. I feel like they kind of screwed themselves. Right. And they thought that, you know, obviously Mike Myers has this connection to the 60s, yeah. and he wanted to do more there. So I guess they felt like he could go there. So, mm. But they also... Yeah, they, never mind, that's for next week. We'll talk about that next oh, week. Oh, okay. But, uh, you know, I just... I, I What I want to see... I mean, it's just make, pulling apart more Bond tropes, screwing the franchise even more, you know what I mean? That's, what that's exactly like, what, that's what I want to see. I just want to see him keep trashing Bond. That's what we all want. Um, what franchise star would you add to this franchise? I think you got to go. I mean, I, w- I would have had Dana Carvey in there. You know what I mean? And I know he's not really a franchise star, but I would have had Dana Carvey in there. But I understand, you know. I mean, why why wouldn't it, why couldn't have Dana Carvey played Doctor Evil? I yeah. don't understand that. If they're even, I thought that the idea was always for Mike Myers to do both roles. If right. they're looking at Jim Carrey, why wouldn't they have just gotten Dana Carvey? Maybe he's afraid to always be attached to him right. in his career. But why wouldn't they gotten Dana Carvey? Yeah, I would put. Chris Farley into this movie somewhere. Yeah. I think he would be really, really funny in this world. Of I don't know what he would do, but I think he would be really funny in this world. And he's yeah. around at that time. Uh, he's still with us at that time. So it would have been really cool. Yeah. Um, let's rank these films. Uh, there's only one. 
<laughs> so, well, what's your star rating for this? Oh, yeah, we forgot to do that. Okay, let's do star ratings quick. Um, I believe I gave this three and a half stars. Yeah, three and a half stars too. I think it's, I think it's really funny. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, it, yeah, I think it's really funny. I think it still holds up. I think it's great performances. Yeah. I think there's some really entertaining gags. Yeah. And it's you still get some chuckles out of it, some some actual laugh out loud moments out of yeah. it. Yeah, so. it was. I agree with you. It's a very funny movie. It really holds up. Uh, it's silly and it's it's really one that you can rewatch even now. And like we were saying earlier, feels very current. Doesn't yeah. feel like it's aged, no. which is really cool. Nope. Um, we're gonna rank them. Look, there's only one film. Austin Powers: International Man of Mystery. It's number one. Yep. Easy enough. Yep. All right. Um, you got any closing comments, my friend? What do you want to say? Look, man. Um, Tell people to go watch it. This isn't a franchise I was... Lo- I know we're not done the franchise, yeah. but this isn't something I was necessarily looking forward to. We Look, I think we talked about it. April was like the month that we just needed something. We and needed we're like, we just, I think <laughs> This we, is our filler month. I think we kept pulling things in and out of yeah, April. Yeah. Like, what about this? What about this? What, what about, about this? this? Yeah, yeah. And then we're like, ah, oh, just throw this in there. Right. Whatever. All powers, whatever. Um... I'm glad we did it. Yeah, I, me too. I, I enjoyed this more than I thought I would. Um, uh, I think I originally had it at three stars. Mm-hmm. Like when I went to Letterboxd, they'd originally given this three stars. Right. I went back, bumped it up. I'm like, it's a fun movie, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's enjoyable, yeah. you know? Three and a half stars, the same score we gave Leprechaun 3. Yes. You know? so. <laughs> the same score we gave Leprechaun 3. Um, yeah, look. I think. Maybe not. I don't know. I know I did. Mine was three and a half. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think this is a great movie. I. Really would, I, you know, I tell people to go watch these movies. And look, this is a really fun one to revisit. And I think this um, has surprisingly aged way better than we all thought it would. Um, and it's Austin Powers. Who doesn't want to hear, yeah, baby, yeah. yeah like, it's, it's great. The character, trans, again, transcends the movie, right? The you know character I mean? like, completely transcends the movie. And it, it, it's a pretty it's a pretty unreal experience. So, yeah, but that's uh, that's our show, I think. Yeah, I, mean, I got nothing else to say. You got nothing else to say. All right, well, let's wrap Yeah, up. baby! Yeah, baby, yeah! Uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Tony, and thanks to everyone for their support. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FranchiseMePod. You can see all of our rankings on Letterboxd. Just search FranchiseMe, one word. Send us an email at FranchiseMePod at gmail.com. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Leave us your feedback so we can get better each week. Also, check out our bonus series, A Year in Franchise, uh, Franchises. And our special bonus episode, Best and Worst of 2022. I gotta update that because that was a while ago. But that's but, okay. We'll but, keep it in there anyway. March Check Madness. it out anyway. March Madness. March Madness is out there. Yeah. We got our March Madness out there. Franchise um, the Oscars. Franchise the Oscars is out there. And I will say um, that our year in franchises 2017 is very good because it's a little longer it's because a, we it's have a, it's a, a little... It's, I think, the best one we've done. It's the best one we've done because there's a little conversation in there. Here, I'll just put this out there. Star Wars. Go check it out. No, that, no, no, that, no. no We don't a, talk about Star Wars in that movie. In, 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 in yeah, episode. you're right. We don't talk about that. That's not a... That's not Star Wars. That's not Star Wars. That's not Star Wars. Uh, check out our website, FranchiseMePodcast.com, where you can see all of our episodes. Uh, join us next week as we go on another groovy adventure and discuss Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah.